This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. What they say is third time's the charm. This <laughs> is the Fast Break Podcast doing the intro for the third time. We'll see if we fuck it up again. I am Sean Anderson alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, everybody? And Dave Oster. <laughs> Hello, everyone. You might be wondering why, why the pause. The audio um, listeners are like, what's going on? Ricky has been snapping extremely loud. Uh, Into when, the microphone. Popping his finger guns, as he as he's calling it. Um, and we've had to redo it three times because it spiked so badly. Uh, but today on the Fast Break Podcast, we're going to be talking about Kyrie Irving's free agent destinations after the Boston Celtics lost to the Milwaukee Bucks in five games in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Then we'll be moving into our wet boys, giving praises to the guys who deserve it in the past week. Then we'll be moving into our patron segment for the week, and we'll be welcoming in Jake to talk about most disappointing teams from the 2018-2019 season, and then wrapping it up finally with the best fits for the Washington Wizards in the 2019 NBA draft. We are skipping the Hawks for now uh, because the draft lottery hasn't happened as of recording this. It's currently May 11th, so if you're listening to this on the 14th or beyond, you probably know where the Hawks are picking, but right now we do not, and we're going to wait until we see if and when until we know if they'll have two picks or not, depending on the lottery. So that will be coming soon, Hawks fans. But before we jump into the Kyrie stuff, we got to push two things. We're going to be doing a live lotto reaction on the 14th and then a subsequent mock draft all live on twitch.tv slash most valuable podcast. Is that the one or is it yep. most valuable pod? Most valuable podcast. All right. So go to twitch.tv slash most valuable podcast to watch our live podcast and live reactions to the lottery that will be up the mock draft portion on our YouTube. Uh, So definitely check that out if you're not able to make the live stream. And then on the 15th, the first ever MVP podcast will be coming out where Dave talks about his messed up thumb. Our patrons already had access to it. Um, so this is going to be a little bit uh, of a month later. Dave, if you want to share your thumb, it's all it's all healed it, now. It, it's pretty good now. Um, but like Back you said earlier, it, it was like you cut off your mm-hmm. thumb, thumb just uh, or your thumbnail. Just, uh, a, just little a little bit. Too just much. a little bit. Yeah. So uh, if you want to hear the story about Dave, uh, check that out uh, coming out on the 15th. So don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can find that out. Um, but finally, uh, let's just jump in now to uh, Kyrie Free Agent Destinations. Am I missing anything? No. All right. Oh, well, oh, check out patreon.com slash most podcast mm-hmm. too. If you do want to get a Jake. month early access to the Patreon podcast. And then also, if you do want to be like Jake, uh, you can become a patron and be on the podcast at that gold tier and, and be on the podcast once every month. But let's jump into the Kyrie talk. Like I said earlier, the Boston Celtics lost to the Milwaukee Bucks in five games after Paul Pierce said that they are going to win the series after game one. After that, the Bucks came and ran away with it in the past four games. And now the whole talk about is Kyrie Irving and his upcoming free agency. Where will he go? And Ricky, I'm going to go to you first. What teams are out there in your mind and do you have a favorite? So to me, there's three total teams. Two would be in like the... Like, two are, I'm making my decision between these two mm-hmm. with a possible wild card oh. being the third. Where okay. I think when it comes down to it at the end of the day, it's going to be New York or L.A. Um, so many reports right now of, like, he's open to a LeBron-Kyrie reunion. However, there's always the KD New York thing. But the wild card team I'll throw out there and we may get into later is Brooklyn. Don't sleep on Brooklyn. They're like they're a team that's going to be. Will they get free agents? Will they be like, oh, who am I thinking of? Um, where it was a team where like we're going to go out, and we're going to make a splash in free agency. 
and then they never did. Is are they going to be that team? The Knicks or the Knicks, or are they going to be the hey, we're going to look at free agents, but if we don't, like hey, we they actually get them to come. For me, it's New York or L.A., and it comes down to to me kind of what happens with the Lakers coaching search and everything because the playing with KD, playing LeBron mm-hmm. has its benefits for Kyrie both ways. I mean, he's familiar with LeBron. Kevin Durant is the second best player in the NBA. So it's like you're picking between one and two, but both of them are really good. The thing of why I'm maybe leaning more towards Knicks, and it's not just Stephen A. Smith saying there's a 95% chance that it happens, but also the fact of because of what's going on with the Lakers, I feel like it'd be better for Kyrie to go to the Knicks because there's more stability. There's more stability there with the whole you're getting Kevin Durant. Like if and this is if they get no 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 I know, but let's say they get Kevin Durant and you're picking between that. Like, yes, you've got top players, but it's like with everything circling around the Lakers and the fact of, hey, what coach are they going to bring in? Uh, are they going to trade their young talent and get another um, piece for this team? Where the Knicks are pretty much, we've got our coach. We're going to have our draft pick this year. Hopefully for them, it's they're hoping it's Zion so that Kyrie can be like, ooh, we get Zion Williamson on this team also. Why would you I, care? I feel like if I'm Kyrie, the Knicks situation no, a little why would, bit why would he care about Why does he care about draft picks? Because well, the whole thing is when it comes to the Lakers, the whole question of are you going to trade the young talent for pieces is a question because they haven't proven that they can do it. Like, is this just going to be another year of hmm trade speculations? They're going to trade for this guy, that guy, and then huh? It was a whole year and we didn't make a trade happen. But I think I think if the you Knicks ex- will have a draft pick, and there's no question of them not getting somebody mm. like where the Lakers it's oh this third piece who's it gonna be and it might not happen the Knicks yeah who will it be because the lottery happens but they will be getting a third piece hopefully in this draft that's I was just wondering expectations I was just saying Zion spe- uh, specifically yeah I think if the Lakers do get you know, uh, Kyrie Irving, there's no doubt that they're going to make a move. Maybe they sell, you know, short on some of the value that they have, but they're going to move those young pieces to get a third piece. And yeah. that, that's going to be something they're going to sell them on. So mm-hmm. I, I don't really think that's going to be a worry. The, the, the biggest thing is just who do you want to play with? And obviously the Knicks right now, they have a lot of young talent. Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. if you want to throw him in there. Frank mm-hmm. Ke- Neil Aquino if you want to throw him in there as well. Frank's only 20 still. Um, so, I mean, he, he deserves something. He's got lots he of been, time to grow. Yeah, it, it hasn't proved anything yet, but still, he's, he's still young. Um, Dotson if you want to throw him in there as well. Um, and Lonzo missing, Trier. Yeah, Lonzo Trier as well. Uh, I'm probably missing one more too, and Knicks fans will get mad at me. Um, and obviously there's the appeal of maybe a Zion Williamson, maybe a Darjay Barrett, yep. maybe a John Morant, and then obviously you know maybe you're getting Kevin Durant as well. But there's no real guarantees there with that, and especially until you see the, the, the draft lottery, which you will obviously have the ability to. The draft is going to happen before free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be playing a factor into there as well. But the draft is also going to be happening for the Lakers as well. They have the 10th overall pick, at least the 10th best odds, uh, at least in reverse standing. So they might even jump up in the top four, and they might be able to get a playmaker as well that they can trade as well. So right now, it's I think it's difficult, but if we're looking at teams right now, and, and yes, I think maybe the Knicks do have more stability just because you know the owner sucks and James Dolan, but he's pretty committed to not selling that team. 
And the GM and front office are fairly new with Scott Lydon. So um, I, I wouldn't be too shocked if if that plays into a factor, but ultimately it's going to come down to LeBron. And I, I think right now if I had to pick a favorite, it's going to be the Lakers because he has played with LeBron before, and obviously some people will bring up, well, that didn't work before. Well, it was because Kyrie, Kyrie thought that LeBron was going to trade him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Kyrie is like, well, I don't want to do that. I want to move. And that's where he demanded the trade. And now, if he goes back, I don't think that's going to be something that's going to happen. They already talked it out. Mm-hmm. They, you know, Kyrie knows what LeBron was going through. So I, I think that they can repair that relationship. And that would be a huge piece for LeBron to add in Los Angeles. I think that they might get the band back together in Los Angeles. At least that would be the favorite for me. Now, yeah. I just the thing I throw out, and I just want to throw this out before you talk, Dave, is yeah, with sure. the Lakers of you say they're going to add a third piece. That means you have confidence in Rob Palenka that he's actually going to get something done. No, I never said that. For like, no, if they're going to add something through a trade, you're saying Rob Palenka is going to get something done and make a trade happen. I don't think he's going to be the GM. Oh, you think oh, okay. he'll be out as well? I think so. What's the point to keeping him? I don't know why he's already not fired. What the fuck is going on here? And I think also right now. He's not literally making any calls. I think right mm-hmm. now it's it's good old Kurt Rambis. Um, I think he's been making he's most gonna of the calls. He's going to be the GM, which scares me even more. I don't know about that. Kurt Rambis <laughs> has been in the league at least. Rob Polinka's just been an agent. Yeah, so, yes, Kurt just Rambis be, has just been Just because in, you've been in the league doesn't mean you're going to make good decisions. I have, more fa- I, have more, I have more faith in Kurt Rambis than I do Rob Polinka. Right. Um, I'm not saying that it's— It's, it's saying much. I'm, yeah, I'm not saying it's massive faith. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, he's you know R.C. Buford, mm-hmm. Greg Popovich out yeah. here. I'm yeah. just saying that he's better than Rob Polinka because Rob Polinka you know, went off and helped, made horrible moves with Magic. Um, so I have more faith in in in, in uh, Rambis than I do uh, Palenka, but I, I think Gene's got to step up at some point and, and make a move here to to clean out that yes. front office. Um, might not happen, but uh, definitely something that you got to be on the, the look for. Um, I, I think overall, though, Los Angeles is more attractive too, just because of LeBron and then obviously the weather. I mean, most of the NBA players live out there. What are your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, I, I have to agree with you guys. I mean, LA is the obvious choice for all the reasons you said. Uh, but it's Kyrie Irving at the same time, which makes me think wildcard bitches. Like this <laughs> he's man, playing on the moon. You think he's going left? He's Space going Jam right. Two. I'm looking at the Mavericks. He's making Space Jam Three before LeBron even makes <laughs> Space Jam Two. He could do it. He could do it. Because um, time's time's not linear, man. You mm-hmm. can go anywhere around it. Uh, I'm going Mavericks for obvious choices. You want to play with Luka Doncic? You want to play with KP? You want to play with a great owner? And nah, it's it just. He could, he could go anywhere is the point I'm just trying to make. It's like You guys are all saying, oh, it's written in the stones. It, it's already there. Like The Lakers have this locked up. Or you know, the, the off chance that he goes to the Knicks to play with a Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm going, I, I'm not ruling out 28 other teams just because you know he might want to play with LeBron again or he might want to pair up with KD. I think this could be like an anywhere thing for Kyrie Irving. What's I mean obviously we we've seen some talk between him and KD, you know, at the All-Star game we saw them talking in the tunnel and that was huge news, but like But they're clearly not that, banana boat. Yeah, they're not like best friends. Like what's what's the real connection here? I think they've played on Team USA before. Yeah. Um obviously KD's a little bit older. They didn't play each other in college. Um they played against each other multiple times obviously. Um you know, coming coming in the uh, uh <coughs> Just coming through, you know, the fact that they've been in the, the league for so long. But I, I don't really know what the connection is between them. I, I, I find it tough that they're going to sell everything just to be the guys in New York. And then, and I've said this, you know, mm-hmm. for a while now. Um, maybe they get one of the guys and maybe, Kate, you know, Kyrie wants to play by himself but uh, in, in New York. But I, I think looking at it, Ooh. I think you're right that all 28 teams are an option. Well, I think all 27 teams are an option because I don't think he's going back to Boston. Windhorse um, uh, previously had reported on the Hoop Collective, you know, the two stars talk almost every day. Really? 
which terrifies me. I mean, Wendy is someone who is an insider. He's yeah. he's in the circle. So yeah, he's I been do... around Kyrie too for when yeah, he was coming on LeBron. So so that is that is one of those things where I think. Uh, well, I mean, it goes back uh, to so Stephen A. Smith sent out a tweet with a picture of him, and it says, "Yes, from everything I've heard, Katie and Kyrie are planning on coming to New York. Ninety-five percent chance they say. Only potential hiccup is Katie changing his mind. So." To me, and this could help the Lakers, mm-hmm. if the Warriors win the title again, and they've somehow, like, let's say... Max Katie. Katie wins the title again and goes, you know what? I can go to New York, but this winning title thing is really fucking cool. Um, I'm just going to stay here. If I'm Kyrie, I'm not going to New York alone. I don't, I don't true. see that's, and I don't see a reason why Katie leaves Golden State. I think there, it's pretty clear cut that, you know, Kyrie's leaving Boston, mm-hmm. but... Even if they lose, you know, even if they don't win the title this year, I still f- feel like there's a chance that Katie stays. Because, I mean, you're, you're looking at the markets. They're now moving to San Francisco, Golden State, so they're going to become bigger. They're already the biggest brand right now in basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the Lakers, you can argue. But, mm-hmm. I mean, right now, this is the most notable team. This is the most notable dynasty in, in, in forever. 20 years. A- and I think that this team that they've you know put together has proven that they can just retool over and over again. They can get Demarcus Cousins. They can bring in guys who want rings, and mm-hmm. him, Clay, and Steph have been working fine. And really, the big thing is that one fight that they had in Los Angeles between him and Draymond. Like there hasn't really been much outside of that. And if you know that's the deciding factor, I think Bob Myers would be fine shipping off Draymond Green to keep KD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if that's the biggest hiccup is just the fact that he doesn't want to play with Draymond, that could be changed. So. Overall, I don't see why he would not stay in Golden State. He's winning championships. He's You're calling him the best player in the NBA right now, so he's mm-hmm. getting the credit that he thinks he deserves. Yeah. What's the deal? I mean, he's not from New York. You know, I, mean, I know that people are bringing up the fact that his businesses are over there, um, but I, I don't see a reason why he would go to New York, and I don't think there's a reason that Ky- Kyrie would go to New York alone. Um, so, you know, Kyrie could do anything, but... I think I'm looking at it. Los Angeles is the front runner, and mm-hmm. I, you know, obviously the teams are going to pop up. Yeah, the teams are going to put bids out there. But oh yeah, I, I would be putting it like 50 percent. He goes to Los Angeles. 50 percent LA. So you're you're are you a 50? Like what what's your split then? 50 LA. What percentage New York? What percentage Rust League? I'll just go. With, those are the 50, three 10, cuts. 40. 50, 10, 40, wow. Because I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know what teams are going to come out there. Yeah. Um, and I don't really know what teams are attracting him. That's why I think Los Angeles is pretty clear cut. New York, I think, you know, if KD signs and there's more talk that KD is going to actually leave, yeah. then I would put that more higher on New York. Um, and since they're a team that's, you know, been rumored so much, I, I got to give them some percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that 40% is out there just because what if KD goes somewhere else? What if he wants to play with Kawhi? What if, you know... The Clippers weirdly intrigue him because he wants to play in Los Angeles. But what if the play Suns intrigue him? LeBron again. I what mean, if the Suns intrigue him? I don't know. Um, I, I don't <laughs> think they will, but I, I, what I don't. What if the Bulls intrigue him? I can't. Well, he wants to play where Jordan played. I can't read Kyrie, so I don't no, know really what he's, he's going to be. What if What if the Nets don't sign D'Angelo Russell and they go after him? Yes. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, and, and that's why I, I'm just very confused, and the only team that would make sense to me right now would be Los Angeles yeah. because the market, because of, you know, his prior relationship with LeBron, because, you know, that, that team, you know, th- that, that duo's worked before, mm-hmm. I could see it happening just because of those reasons. So you think the I, I don't, Celtics I don't are see... unsalvageable at this point? You think that yes. the damage is done, the contract bonuses for staying a Celtic well, aren't going to be enough? I, I don't would... think he cares that much about the money. No, mm. I think the big thing it comes down to, and this is why with me, 
I think it's LeBron's Lakers or Katie's Knicks. Yeah. Um, is because I think Ky- Kyrie does not want to be the mentor. He does not want to be the, qu- the quote-unquote, and I'm going to throw this out there in air quotes, of leader. He doesn't want to be the one that when shit hits the fan, everyone turns to and goes, all right, Katie, or all right, Kyrie, what are we going to do? Yep. Where if he's with LeBron, shit's hitting the fan, he can turn and go, okay, LeBron, what are we going to do? KD, all right, KD, what are we going to like? Kyrie just wants to go out there and ball. Some he people does not really want to be ex- the mentor. He yeah. does not want to be the one that everyone's looking at. Yeah, some people really excel as a number two, and it's not a knock mm-hmm. on them that they're not number ones. It's just not there. It's not where they perform best. It's like look at Scotty. Scotty never wanted to be the guy that everyone looked at. He just yeah. wanted to ball while Jordan, like everyone exactly. looked at Jordan. He got Microphone a- on, or microscope on Jordan. Exactly. I think that's a great example. I mean, it's just some guys really perform best out of that number one role on the team mm-hmm. and you saw Kyrie thrive in that role in his last year in Cleveland he had some of his best shooting splits uh obviously some memorable moments on top of that but I just think that he's a, he's one of those guys who is best off as he's your number two on a team mm-hmm. he, he is your right hand guy and you trust him to knock down the biggest shots in games yeah 100 percent. I mean the thing that I just think about is with LeBron you know what you're getting um, like because they've worked together, like they've played together, they're familiar together. But the two things I will say is one, the whole situation going on right now, don't even know who the head coach is right now. If it's a coach that maybe Kyrie is like, I, I that situation Does Kyrie just doesn't have a preference with on me. coaching. I mean, everyone's got a preference, I would say. But Do I you mean, think Kyrie would want Ty Lue back. I don't know. That's see, that's my I question is like, if the Lakers, I know the Frank Vogel is is the hype train right now, mm-hmm. yeah. but like. If there was a chance, you know, do they think they reach back out to Tyler and be like, look, 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 come on, we'll make you a reasonable offer this time. We know you're more than just a the LeBron. The Los Angeles Cavs can happen, man. <laughs> just, it, it was all in Lambert Roos to get rid of Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I, I love Kevin Love, so just, I'm well, sorry. And that's why, like, things like me, like, I call the Nets wild cards. Yeah. But I say that because I don't see Kyrie going there. Because you look at the team. Yes, the team is good. Like yeah. they've got players like Karis Levert that Dave really likes. I'm coming around on a lot more in the NBA. Yeah, um, they've got a lot of after young this pieces. year. But that's the thing. Does Kyrie? Kyrie would be the it's guy. It's the same thing. The guy. It's just Boston, but in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yep. Uh, slightly worse supporting staff. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the problem. And uh, there's no shame in that, saying it's slightly worse, but you are going from having and a non-top-10 of... coach. Non-top-5, top-10 coach. Fair enough. I yeah. just, I mean, looking at, like, what, what other teams are out there then, if New York and Boston, if we're so surprised? Like, I, I, I think that we're pretty clear on this, because I, mean, I I don't disagree with anything mm-hmm. you guys are going, you know, saying here. Um, I think we can probably rule out Boston, even though, you know, so he you go does through have a good the East coach. And you go, Bucks don't have the capital to sign him because they're going to have to pay for Chris Smith. They're going to have to pay for mm-hmm. um, Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. Unless, they've already paid off on Bledsoe. And Brooke Lopez mm-hmm. also available. Yeah, so like they've got three guys they are going to be dishing out money to. The Bledsoe to. thing killed that. Yep. Raptors, Kyle Lowry are stuck with his contract. I don't think that you can move that, re-sign Kawhi Leonard, and get Kyrie in it. That's There's just no too way. much to do. And unless I don't you, think unless Kyrie you attach... wants to play with Kyle Lowry without... Kawhi well, I was saying, unless you attach like Siakam to Kyle mm, Lowry which, and try to trade him, which would be God stupid, no. um, or give up like four first for, so really, for that. I so don't know. you want to go back to the pairing that works so well, trading with the 76ers, sign and trade Kyrie for Yikes. Ben Simmons. 
Boom. I mean, hey. Yikes. I'm going to throw it out there. I wasn't going to say, like, that, yes, like, here's what I've got mapped out. <laughs> Sean's face. But, no, 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 no. Just hear, hear me out now. And this is conspiracy theory hey, land. Go, go. Of if you were to ask me, Ricky, out of the three you just said, give me another one. Give me give one me more. One. Give me a fourth. Yeah. The 76ers is the only team I can think of. And the only way Yikes. this would the only way this would work, which makes it impossible, like when Dave says that the lottery's not gonna stay uh chalk, not a yep. chance. Not a chance. There's not a chance this happens. But if there was, this is what would need to happen. So you've got Jimmy coming off the books, you've got to or no, Jimmy player op yep. could come off the books, but Toby and J.J. Redick are about 26 mil together coming off the books. If we're going to say, hey, let's push them to the side, worry about this right now. If they were serious about trading Ben Simmons and found a partner by draft time to trade Ben Simmons away, open up enough space, this team could build a roster with your main three pieces being Joe down low, Jimmy, and Kyrie. No. That's the only way it happens. No. I wish. The last thing I want is I wish Kyrie Irving, for this Joel topic. Embiid, and Jimmy Butler playing on the same fucking team. Could you imagine And that? apparently there's reports now that are coming out as we're recording this yeah. that if Brett Brown loses game seven, that he's going to get fired. So maybe, Boom. maybe if he loses, yeah. let, just bring in Tibbs and have fucking <laughs> psychopath <laughs> Tom Thibodeau I'll, I'll put play Joel Embiid for 40 fucking minutes have him coach Jimmy Butler again and then have crazy out ass of, Kyrie Irving play out of that those would be 45 an minutes, garbage idea for them to get rid of Ben of them Simmons would for be Kyrie spent Irving on the floor I know Ben Simmons has been <laughs> extremely disappointing in the playoffs I know he can't shoot but I would not not trade him for Kyrie Irving there's no fucking Oh I'm way. not saying trade him for Kyrie I'm saying trade him to probably get draft picks and stuff, and then sign Kyrie Irving. Well, Dave, with the Dave money said left sign over. trade. There's I, no yeah. way fuck I was I'm thinking doing that. sign trade would be funny, just because the Celtics and Sixers have a history of making <laughs> great trades between them. Great trades, great <laughs> trades. I can almost say without laughing. Um, so I just, I'm just being funny. But do I think that Kyrie on the 76ers would make them a better team? Absolutely. They, do you think a? It's technically possible, Sean. Do you think a core of Even if Joe, they don't sign Jimmy, they just sign him. Do you think Joe, Jimmy, and Kyrie could compete for an NBA Finals? Yeah, I mean, no. it's Embiid's health. Embiid's health decides that, and that's that's a problem. Um, I think they could. Guarantee. I think they kill each other before it happens. <laughs> All right, well, let's continue on this journey through the <laughs> mythical East. Then um, <laughs> the one team that I, I'm going to throw out there, and then mm-hmm. you threw them out there already. I've already been thinking about it more. I love the fact that you threw out the Dallas Mavericks. Oh yeah, that would be so much fun. They've whiffed so hard on so many. Uh, free agents. They have the money because they got rid of. They made all those moves this season to to clear up cap space. Well, you're still stuck with uh, Hardaway Junior. Or yeah, Hardaway. Um, yep. But even then, I think you know moving Harrison Barnes probably cleared up enough oh, cap yeah. space for them to bring in somebody. Um, so I, I, I kind of like that Kyrie deal. Get a great Kyrie shooter next with to Luca. You got KP rolling around. Jesus Christ. It's insane, and then possibly a draft, that. possibly a draft pick too. If you keep it and it's top five, like my god, um, I really like that. Talk about future dynasties. That fit would be crazy. Yeah. Um, I the only thing I don't like about it is KP's health, KP's other things that he's dealing with. That's legal. all I'm gonna say. Yep. Um, Luca being a young gun to where does Kyrie want to be? Yet again, Kyrie but steps he's professional. Kyrie steps into the Mavericks. 
he's the guy. No, he's not. And he a hundred percent he's not the guy. Who's the guy? It's then? Luca's Luca? franchise. No, 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 no. It's Luca's franchise, but Luca, I don't think if Kyrie steps in, yeah, Kyrie's not gonna go when shit hits the fan. All right, Luca. What are we going to do? I 100% think he does. I don't think so. I think I think at, he, he backseats to Luca. At that point, I think with Kyrie, it's an age thing to where he's not going to look up to somebody who is younger than him. We're like a LeBron I KD. Look up to. I just yeah, think not, that, you know, when it. When the face of the franchise. It's yeah. Luca. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the franchise is making all their moves for Luca. They've, they've decided that. If they get Kyrie to sign with them, it's like a bonus. I mean, it sets him forward a whole lot quicker I, than anybody at bet. But. I don't see it. I see Kyrie and Luca being a Kyrie would still think of himself like, well, I'm the I'm the veteran in the room, and I don't want like he wants another veteran to play with and be that kind of Batman. He's got Robin JJ Barea. <laughs> um, I'm gonna throw out one more because Kyrie on, thinks so of himself dark. as a. Uh, a basketball genius. What if he goes and plays with a, a, another basketball genius in, in Greg Popovich? Mm-hmm. I mean, how do they make that work? That move Lamarcus or Demar put the soul in the box though. Like the calf space. What do you mean? You can't put a soul in the box. He doesn't watch Game of Zones. Basically, I like you are just you are you give it up for the team. Yeah. What well, personality is out of the window here? Yeah. You do, you're not allowed to talk on microphones mm-hmm. and say anything that matters. You're not allowed to have a, any bit of personality Kyrie, off the court. To be honest, though, Kyrie might like that after this last year in Boston, though. I, I think Kyrie's kind of sick of talking him. him. <laughs> I think I think he's, I don't think Kyrie is that. I think big Kyrie's of an entertained mm-hmm. by the fact that people want him to talk so much, so he kind of feeds them. Mm-hmm. I think he feeds into it a little bit more than he's willing to admit. Maybe I don't know. Maybe there's not a big enough personality to take over that, but also. The biggest thing is like you're under the pop umbrella and you're giving away your soul. And I don't think he really cares that much because, I mean, so much has been about like, oh, the planet stuff. And I think he just wants to play mm-hmm. about basketball. And then, like, I think that's the biggest thing. So if he wants to win, if he wants to play basketball, San Antonio could be a spot for him. Question. And I'm going to throw this out as kind of like a yeah, final thing. Some things need to happen for this. But yeah, let's say the Raptors go to the finals and Kawhi plays very well yep. against the Warriors. Shocked. And loses still. Yep. Kawhi still goes to L.A. to play with the Clippers. Okay. Is there any chance that Kyrie might look at that and go, hey, you know, I watched the playoffs. Kawhi did pretty good with that Raptors team. And with me and him together, we could beat the Warriors. And he teams up with Kawhi in L.A., but for the Clippers, not the Lakers. I mean, I threw out the Clippers earlier. I could see it happening, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think that one's probably least likely or less likely to happen than KD and Kyrie in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that the biggest thing is I just be, I kind of be shocked if he doesn't go to the Lakers. Yeah. If he goes to Los Angeles, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't go to the Lakers. play with LeBron. Yeah, that's fair. That's the biggest thing with me. I, could it happen? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it will, though. Uh, I'm going to say 90% he's in New York with KD, 10% he's in L.A. with LeBron. See, but that's so much has to happen for that. Two guys have to go to the same place. It's like, only happened a couple times recently. Which, I mean, until I until I hear otherwise with reports and stuff and insiders saying yeah. KD going to the Knicks is Till the such Warriors a high. are done in the playoffs, yeah. it's so hard to But know. there also hasn't been a report saying that he does not want to be in Gold State. There's there's nothing saying that KD does not uh, want to be in Golden State. Yeah. It's just more rumors like, oh, he yeah. wants to be in New York. There's nothing saying he does not like he doesn't dislike the Warriors. It's true. So what's the reason he doesn't stay? Because he's he bored. He wants to do it on his own shoulders. How he's is he bored? bored? 
He's winning. No, no, no. The thing that, so the reason why he made the move was the, to win. He's the, re- the reason he leaves Golden State is the type of um, culture we live in right now. The they like to call it the millennial age, where you look at millennials in workplaces. They millennials, we don't like staying in somewhere like for it's not like, well, I get this job day one and I'm here for 50 years. I've been in my job for no, six no, years. I know, but it's like I'm starting to feel that itch more exactly. <laughs> and like millennials don't like being somewhere for long places of time. Like, look at myself, like, I was at a place for about three years. After that third year was like, all right, it's time for something else. Like, but here's the thing: we you just like doing to the thing move you loved. around. He's but doing the thing he loves. He's most. playing basketball, winning I'm championships. I'm doing something that I love now, but I'm also like, there's always that. Like, we will not stay somewhere just to stay somewhere, and I think that's where Kevin Durant is. It's like, yeah, I could win championships, but it could be like a. That's a I reason being, to stay somewhere. Am I being challenged here though? Is it just like mind numbing at this point? Like, there could be so many things going on to where a change of scenery might just be needed in his head. Even though the rest of us are like just stay and win championships. I don't know. I, yeah. Plus, he'll be tied with LeBron, and LeBron ain't going to get that next one. He's got a way soon. better ratio. Yeah. Um, Dave, where do you think he's going? I'm uh, 50, Ricky out 40, 10, Lakers, Knicks, wild card. All right. I, I, I would say 50, 10, 40, Lakers, 10, Knicks, and then 40 wild card. Because I think Kyrie's just wow. crazy. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's. I think he's. I, I think he can do anything. Because what if they? What if they're like, all right, we're gonna move all these young players. We're gonna get mm-hmm. rid of Jason Tatum. We're gonna get rid of Jalen Brown. We're gonna take all these draft picks and we're gonna go get after AD. We're gonna go get players. Yeah, you know, he to, could to stay in Boston. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I just what, don't think they do that. I don't think they do it either. That's why it's it's a wild card. Mm-hmm. But hey, Danny Ainge will do what's best for the team, and maybe he thinks that would be best for the team. It's true. I don't. I mean, and he treated Isaiah Thomas, and he loves Anthony Davis. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, we don't know. Uh, let us know where you think. Uh, this is mostly conspiracy theory, so if you're, you're going to be upset at anything we said, um, we're just trying to be crazy. We're trying to have fun. Uh, so if you hate fun, then fuck you. But let's move into the next segment. We're going to welcome in Jake on the next segment. So if you do want to become a patron like Jake, check out patreon.com slash podcast. We appreciate it. So if you did, uh, we'd appreciate it if you did so. Um, at least checked it out. You know, check out, the, check out the website. See what we got going on. We got a lot of great stuff. The bronze, silver, and gold tiers. But let's jump into our favorite segment mm-hmm. of the week. It is Wet Voices, where we talk about guys that absolutely popped off, had historic performances, had crazy games. These are the wettest of boys. These are the dampest of dudes. The soggiest of shooter. The moistest of men. These are our wet boys. Ricky Whitmer, start us off with yeah, your you know, wet boy. Mine, Dave, is going to sit here to my left and say that I don't even know how this guy could be a wet boy because, I mean, only 20 points per game this week. So isn't. A huge wet boy, if you look at the stats. But to me, it's Clay Thompson. The last two games for the Warriors, they would not have won these games. I know Steph went off in the last game, second half, didn't even go off in the first half. But Clay Thompson coming up huge in that game five to then get them to 3 2. And he kind of held the game at serve and was like, hey, Clay, or hey, Steph, it's okay. I'm going to keep them at bay until you go off in the second half. And the Warriors were going to warrior with KD, without KD. KD was there. KD wasn't there. You know what? They're still going to win. Clay Thompson, first wet boy, I believe, of the playoffs for big boy Clay, Or Squidward's house, because his head kind of looks like Squidward's house. Shocker, Ricky picks a warrior. Yeah. A warrior, bull, or a rookie. Um, it's, first, it's just ridiculous. What, this is the first warrior I think I've picked nope. in the playoffs? Kevin Durant. 
Oh, did I pick Kevin Durant? <laughs> yeah, you picked Kevin Durant. <laughs> I know I didn't pick Steph Curry. No, you haven't picked Steph Curry, no. which has been shocking. That's next. You picked second warrior. You I picked, picked Derek White, Kawhi uh-huh. Leonard, and and Clay Thompson. And Kevin so I'm Durant. sticking to the Western Conference too. I've got a Western Conference thing going on this year. Well, outside of Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, okay. most of my picks have been from the West. Fifty percent of your picks have been Golden State Warriors. Uh, Dave, let's get into your sure. play. I'm going with Jimmy Butler. I mean, I know the results haven't spoken for themselves because they are, uh, as I record this. Uh, two losses, just one win in the past three games uh, for this past week. But still, Jimmy's been amazing. Jimmy's been the heart of the team. Jimmy does it all for them. Jimmy is the guy on the team. Jimmy's going to get that contract. Jimmy's going to get all that money. The G stands for buckets, Dave. Stands for buckets. What? That's, that's the Jimmy line. Jimmy G. Jimmy G buckets. Yeah, but he was doing the Seinfeld bit. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then I said the G stands for buckets. Yeah, whatever. That's stupid. Um, well, fifty percent of your web boys have been Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's two weeks. That seems right, though. And you also had Steph Curry. Yeah. So the one week Ricky couldn't pick Steph Curry because you already did. So yeah. um, Ricky could have had just seventy five percent Warriors if, Works you, out. if you didn't pick Steph Curry. Sorry about that, Ricky. <laughs> that was the week I picked Derek White. As yeah, my web boy. Yeah. Very convincing. <laughs> he had a good. I feel like I jinxed him. He was having a good time, and then I gave him a wet boy honor, and then he kind of shit the bed against He's the Nuggets. Play fine. Um, just Jokic is better, and 50% of my wet boys have been Jokic. I'm going away from that trend, though. I'm going with Giannis. Giannis deserves some tr- credit because, I don't know, he just w- you know pulled four straight wins off against the Boston Celtics. It's just Boston. Fourth um, total wet boy for Giannis this year. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> that he's not getting more. Uh, he's been absolutely fantastic. And his team, uh, you know, they, they lose game one. They bounce back immediately. In those past two games, he had 30 points, 12 boards, 6 of 6, 64% from the field, 73% from the line, uh, under 30% from three. But you don't expect him to be shooting a ton of threes at a high-efficient high, high efficient rate, although mm-hmm. he was pretty decent near the end at of the season. At least he shoots them. He does. Um, Giannis is fantastic. Giannis is probably the best player. Uh, he might, he might, might be the best player in the, the East. It's it's either him or Kawhi. Kawhi, um, who doesn't get a white boy on it this week uh, because Ricky likes Clay Thompson. Well, and Kevin Durant didn't either. Kevin Durant was worthy of one. No, Jokic Kevin was Durant still worthy of one. So, like, that's that's less between memory. He was averaging like thirty-five points per game before he got hurt. I'm just saying. I know, but like, both, even both even with Katie the game he didn't finish, and he still Kawhi played Leonard great. were both worthy of a wet boy this week. So was Damian Lillard. Yeah. Um, a lot of worthy candidates, and I, I would it's just feel really bad if Giannis didn't. It's been a great playoffs. Like I, I'm surprised at like we More. were all like right off the playoffs. It's just going to be the fucking Warriors. No. Here's the question I thought in my head, and this has been the past few weeks. Yeah, are the playoffs more entertaining when LeBron's not in them? No, I don't know. I don't think they're entertaining because LeBron's not in them because that would just be one series. LeBron in the playoffs has been entertaining as well. Like he's given yeah. us some of the best moments. But in the I mean, decade. for me, I feel like especially maybe this is me just overanalyzing the East. Sure. Besides for maybe Bucks and um, Bucks and Celtics to a degree, like this Raptor seventy sixer series has been a great series to watch. Yeah. You've had everything in the West, like the Nuggets series, both of them going down to the wire into Game 7. The Trailblazers series have been great. The even Rockets-Warriors games have been fun to watch to where it's like, I feel like maybe it's just Warriors me. Warriors-Clippers, too. Like, oh, and Warriors-Clippers, yeah. but it's like, with LeBron not being there, there's not like that, well, they swept this one, they swept that one. Um, besides, like, let's say last year was LeBron's biggest if, hurdles. If LeBron was in the East this year, it'd still be entertaining. Because, I mean, he'd still struggle against those teams. If yeah. the Cavs were in mm-hmm. it, they'd still be struggling. It, it'd, still be, it'd still be a fun series um, if LeBron was in it. I mean, I, I don't think it's because LeBron's not there. I think just the teams are better. Um, and you're actually getting more competitive basketball. And that's not because LeBron. That's just one team yeah. out of the 16 that make it. I don't think LeBron's really, you know, 
carrying and deciding whether it's it's exciting or not because you know that just means more talents in the playoffs the best player in the nba is in the playoffs i mean that's just going to make it more exciting so um no i i disagree with that take um that it's more exciting without lebron or because lebron's out in there um it has been more exciting though and and i would have loved if the rockets won that game last night Mm -hmm. that way we could have had three game sevens on on, on mother's day that would have been fantastic but let's talk about at least two of them uh and get get some predictions raptors and sixers um we'll be talking jake soon so we'll get his prediction too um we'll probably give ours just to just in that one too just to Mm -hmm. kind of tie everything up um but going into that ricky who do you have raptors or sixers this is the one series where i kind of like i have a dog in the fight where I want the Raptors to win this game. I want the Raptors to move on. But there's also a part of me that's like, I wouldn't be upset if the 76ers won because Bucks 76ers this year have Fantastic. been phenomenal yeah. even in the regular season. Hopefully yeah. Embiid um, can stay healthy and not being getting IVs at 6.30 a.m. And yeah. also, if Kawhi loses, that creates more storylines in the offseason. So really, I don't care who wins it. But I'm sorry, Jake. I really, really, really do want the Raptors to beat the 76ers and for them to go home. So that way Brett Brown gets fired. Yes. There's that. You're just then, rooting for and, somebody to well, lose, basically. And then it's like, like well, I want Kawhi. I want the city of Toronto to lose Kawhi <laughs> Leonard. Or I, want, or I want Brett Brown to lose his job. And then there's also the Ben I feel Simmons like Either talks. way, you're happy coming out of this. If Sixers lose, the do you trade Ben Simmons it's conversations true. happen. Do you so, give Jimmy a max? Do you mm, give Toby some money? Exactly. Exactly. So it's like we just want somebody to lose this series. It's just who do we want to lose? I, I th- want the Raptors to lose. <laughs> that's the thing is like I I think Kawhi I, I would I'm rooting for Kawhi although I bash him so much last season. Yeah. Um, I love watching him play, and that was my big reason why I was so pissed at him because I just wanted to see him play. Yep. Um. But looking at it, I mean, I, I think that I don't think Brett Brown gets f- fired if they lose the series. Um, I'm, I'll take the Raptors to win one oh five one oh one. I wouldn't be shocked if the Ra- uh, the Sixers did win. I think it's all just going to be dependent on Joel Embiid's health because if he's healthy, he's going to take out Siakam and he's going to be able to score a ton of points. So uh, that's going to be the biggest key. I don't think it's Ben Simmons. I don't think it's uh, Tobias Harris shooting from the outside. I don't think it's Jimmy Butler. I don't think it's Kawhi Leonard taking over. I don't think it's Kyrie, Kyle Lowry. If Embiid's give, healthy, he can dominate that game. Give me the driest of dude games from Kyle Lowry, and I will be happy. That's what's going to happen. But it's in Toronto, man. I, I understand. I know what I'm asking for, mm-hmm. though. I want I want the driest of dudes game out of Kyle Lowry <laughs> to end the Raptors postseason. The one contract that is immovable for the Raptors because nobody wants it. Eh, it's not movable. I mean, you could always move that shit. I, I think I think immovable contract should be mm-hmm. reserved for the super maxes of John Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's move now to Denver and Portland. Who do you guys have to win this game? I want Portland to win it. I want. Well, who do you see... think is going to win? Uh, who do you, who so do you want? I am going to say, I if I gave percentages, the Nuggets is who I would give the percentage to because they're playing in Denver, and usually you get um, better performances from your bench role players at home than you do on the road. But I want to see Portland. I'm going to actually pick Portland because of what I want to see. I want to see this team of Dame and CJ go up against the Warriors. Plus, I want to see Seth and Steph going at it in a Western Conference Finals. Would they be on the floor at the same time? Probably not. Maybe. Oh, they're going to be. But it's like point in time. There's a lot of minutes at that time. Mom and Dad have a uh, tough decision to make because uh, really they're going to be no no they're going to be at the game like they've been at both games. Yeah. But does one wear Warriors while the other wears uh, Rip City? Yes. 
Or do they wear? So easy. Or do they wear like? Okay, we're in Golden State for this one. We're wearing Golden State clothes. We're in Portland for this game. We're wearing Portland. Like, no. what? What is the fashion gonna be like no. for mom and dad? It's gonna be split, and the dad's gonna wear the Steph jersey, and the mom, because she's nice, gonna is gonna wear, wear the Seth. Seth jersey. Because we all know if she had a choice, probably not gonna wear the Seth jersey. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm taking the Nuggets. Yeah, I, I'm, I just, yeah, I just, I love. They're a young team. They're fun. And they've got the best player in the series. My my favorite. I love that you said that. My favorite thing uh, from from Game Six of that was that like everyone on the Nuggets. Like I think there was like you know you look at the the plus minuses. Like at worst, I think someone was like a minus seven. And then you look at Will Barton. He's minus twenty five. And you're like, so what bad the, on the court. fuck? Um, also, with the fucking finger in the face, it's like really, really, Will, yeah, really, he's, he's we, bitch. We, we gonna throw that shit around here? The biggest thing is if Jokic takes over, which he has done multiple games, and he's he's been scoring, they're they're gonna win. And I think I think I'll take the Nuggets too. And I want the Nuggets to win. I think Nuggets versus Golden State would be fun. Portland versus Golden State would be fun too. I mean, it's it's gonna be a fun series no mm-hmm. matter what. Um, hopefully, it's just close games. I just don't want to blow out in any of these game sevens. I'll take Nuggets one twenty one fifteen. Here's a question I want to ask you guys: Out of the teams that we think will remain after the final four. So let's say for the sake, Denver, um, we, we split on seven, everything we'll, else. We'll say 76ers in Denver, Milwaukee, which one it, or if multiple have the best chance to knock off the Warriors. I, the Eastern conference teams, I'll, I'll take the bucks. I'll take the Sixers. I think the bucks. I think both of those teams would be great matchups against the Warriors. Because I'm I'm sitting there, the only team I want. Like I don't think Denver Denver might bring them to like six, but they're not going to be a team there's that beats them. Inexperience is what concerns me. They're, I, they're turnover happy. I kind of really want to see Bucks Warriors in that finals. Yeah. I want to see that Bucks team go up against KD, obviously being there. KD and the Warriors. Hopefully with DeMarcus Cousins out there, too. Yeah. Because he I, could come back for the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, they're saying he's, he's <laughs> might be right. They're saying KD's probably going to be good for the the Western Conference Finals, too. So um, I, I think Milwaukee has the best chance just because you got to go with the best player, and it's either him or him or uh, Kawhi. But I think if we're looking at the, you know best players, I think that's really close between him and Kawhi. And then if we're looking at teams, it's, it's clearly Milwaukee mm-hmm. um, behind them. So I, I think Milwaukee probably has the best chance. Uh, of beating them. Uh, anyways, let us know who you think is going to win the Game 7s. This is probably not going to come out soon enough, but whatever. Let us know who you think is going to win the Game 7s, and you'll see at least if we're wrong. And then let us know who you think has the best shot of dethroning the Warriors now that they are going to the Western Conference Finals. But let's move into our next segment, and before we do, we just want to tell you, check out patreon.com slash Podcast because if you do, you can support us, help us upgrade our room, and one person who has seen the room and mm-hmm. can vouch for the room and is helping us on patreon.com is Jake uh, joining us. Uh, unfortunately, not for the X amount of consecutive month because we missed him last month. Um, but hopefully, you know, we, we'll get him on twice a month th- this this uh, th- this month. But uh, unfortunately, our streak is broken, Jake. Um, but your Sixers are still alive as of recording this podcast. And I'm not jinxing anything because it's just the fact. Um, but welcome back, Jake. Uh, how you feeling about uh, Game 7 coming up? Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Ah, feeling all right. I mean... We didn't lose by 40 in Game Six, so I'll take that. It's uh, it's been up and down playoffs, up and down series, but you know, honestly, I'm I'm pretty optimistic, which I'm usually actually not. So 
We'll see how it goes. I don't know, Jake. Your takes kind of tend to go one way, and then what happens is the polar opposite. Well, and here's the thing. We're going to lose by 55. That's that <laughs> a boy. Here's, that's why there he's so go. like, oh, no, I'm just excited. Yeah. He's not going to come out with any hot takes because he knows, you know, this is probably going to come out after game seven. Yep. So he doesn't want to look like he's, you know, wrong. You know what? And at he least, doesn't you know what? We still put up more of a fight than the Celtics. So. Oh. <laughs> and that's what we're we talking that. about uh, today with Jake. We're going to be talking about most disappointing seasons uh, in the 2018-2019 NBA season, both in the playoffs and regular season. And Jake, just jump into it because we know you're you're, you're biting uh, to, 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 to attack the Boston Celtics here. Oh, I'm not going to attack them. I'm, they're just, I don't really have to at this point. I mean, last year they basically crowned themselves. Brad Stevens was the best coach in the NBA to some, not to all. And the team, Jason Tatum was the next coming of Jesus, apparently. And, I mean, they just didn't improve. They got, they got worse, obviously. They made it to – they got gentlemen swept in the second round instead of the Sixers this year. And, I mean, I think Kyrie's – I think most people would think Kyrie's gone. I mean, who are they going to have left? They have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. And, I mean, they just they just didn't perform. Everybody said how good they were going to be coming into the year. Bill Simmons saying they were going to win 67 games. And the 12th guy on the bench is going to be dunking up 30 in the fourth quarter. And, I mean, none of that happened. I just don't think I, – I, the directions are very confusing where they're going to be going. And I just didn't see any improvement in them this year at all, actually, a decrease in uh, performance. I don't think the direction is confusing. I just think it's one of those where last year, if you look at the coach that they have – is a coach that deals better with younger players. And in the playoffs, what did he basically have? All the young kids and Al Horford. Um, and Al Horford, as a veteran, I'm going to say, and this isn't a hot take or anything, but he's vastly different than Kyrie Irving out there. So, like, for me, it's the question is if Kyrie stays. Like, if he stays, then it's like, okay, what's the direction of this team? Because obviously this year did not work. But if he doesn't stay, then I... I think this team can potentially get back to what they had last year without Kyrie Irving. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, well, here's here's the here's what we should say. Was did, were, did we overreact too much to the playoffs last year? Yes. Or did they just underachieve <laughs> yeah. this year? No, we, or is it both? It's it's a bit of both, honestly. I think the most interesting thing was seeing Gordon Hayward's performance throughout the year. Kind of set the I think that kind of set the uh, the pace for this Celtics team because. You know, he definitely was in was not in great playing shape until around the All Star break. Like he had he had a couple moments where he'd be like, "Oh, look, Gordon Hayward's putting up like twenty two four and five. But then like the next game is like, "And Gordon Hayward shot the ball twice. Like, what is going on here?" And mm-hmm. it was just like those inconsistencies throughout the years. He needed to build up uh, his ability to play back as a full time uh, star on that team. Which is he a star on that team? Because they've got three stars. Who knows? But at the same time, it was just. I think his inconsistencies out there hurt them. Kyrie not being a leader hurt them. And Jason Tatum maybe going to the uh, the school of Mamba mentality a little too hard uh, during the offseason might have hurt them. Because it's just that is a team that was built around, we're going to go you know 11 deep, and that's going to be our success. We are so deep. We've got so many wings. We've got so much depth and talent. And then, obviously, the Marcus Smart injury came to bite them in the ass at the worst possible time. But on top of that, you just you did not have a clear uh, go-to answer when you needed it. You had Kyrie shooting up just horrible percentages throughout the playoffs. Jason Tatum unable to step up in the playoffs. Big question marks there, just polar opposite of last year. Jalen Brown, I think, played okay. Like I, I didn't have anything mm-hmm. horrible against him. I think he pretty much stayed on the same level in my mind. 
Well, and Al Horford looks slower than he did before. He's, he's shown a bit of his Another age. Another year, yep. Um, and I, I think looking at the Celtics, it's kind of the question of, you know, what should they do next? Um, and, and Jake, I'll, I'll give that to you first. I mean, obviously the whole talk's going to be surrounding about Kyrie, whether he wants to stay, whether they even should resign him. I mean, obviously there's the whole Anthony Davis talks. That's bringing in Jason Tatum possibly leaving. What should be the move for the for the Boston Celtics to right this ship at least? Obviously you don't want them to right the ship because you're a Sixers fan. Um <laughs> But if you were in Danny Ainge's shoes, how would you kind of write this ship and bring this team back to um, you know one of the fiercer teams in the East? Oh yeah, it all starts with Kyrie Irving. He's your guy, and you kind of have to get him back. I mean, you gave up. I mean, I wouldn't say a lot anymore because Isaiah Thomas is like out there in Denver doing nothing. He's basically him and T.J. McConnell have had the same effect on the playoff series. And if we said that two years ago, would have been <laughs> laughed at basically. Um, and I think. Uh, also, just to harp on the Jason Tatum part, Jason Tatum actually hasn't been that bad. Like he hasn't really improved at all, but less shot attempts, a little bit worse of, of a free throw percentage in the playoffs. That's really the only noticeable difference. He just didn't take the big increase we thought he would with the hype with working out, out with Kobe Bryant over the summer. But this team has a really weird direction because Al Horford's going to come back. I think that's basically guaranteed. But if Kyrie Irving doesn't come back, do they make a trade for somebody? Do they stay pat and just go with this team and then try to build around, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, all these guys? But the, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, do you bring back Terry Rozier because they're gonna have to overpay. Somebody's gonna overpay Terry Rozier, and I have a big feeling it's gonna be the Phoenix Suns. Just seems like the perfect fit and overpaid point guard there. And I mean, this roster just without Kyrie Irving on this roster, this team just becomes very confusing because I don't think they have that true star, and I don't know if Tatum will probably eventually be that star, but I don't know if he can be that in the next couple of years. And I don't know if this fan base would be okay with them being all right, because I don't think they can compete with, without Kyrie Irving, the Bucks or the Sixers, or if Kawhi stays in um, in Toronto. And I think even the Pacers would be better than him, and if anything happens with the Knicks, I just think this team comes very confusing if Kyrie Irving leaves, and you have to pay Gordon Hayward that amount of money, and Al Horford's still there. It just comes, it's just It's just a weird fit all around. What do you guys think is the first move to to fix this the Celtics team? I think uh, draw a line with Kyrie Irving. It's past that. I, I think he's probably leaving, uh, regardless of cash considerations. It's it's going down to he might want to play with someone specific in the future, so he's going to go do that. Mike but Conley. It's probably Mike. It's Conley. probably Mike Conley. Yeah, I could see them pairing up. That'd be a great combo for Memphis. Nick, you would love it. Um, <laughs> but. I think that the the draft picks is what we're all looking us is looking us all in the face right now. It's mm-hmm. just they have that glut of draft picks, multiple picks this year, multiple picks in the future. You know they can continue going back to the draft and loading up on young talent and say, hey, look, you know we got ahead of ourselves. We had great playoff success last year. This year it was a little disappointing. We expected to have two stars in Hayward and Kyrie. Did not happen the way we hoped, but. That's okay. We're just going to reset. We're going to leave Al Horford there. He's the professional. I, I could see him staying there for the rest of his career, honestly, uh, if the money is right. And just reload through the draft. I don't think I think this loss almost guarantees, in my mind, that they don't go after an Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I think that would almost be like, you know, unless the price goes really down, I think that might be a stretch for them. No, I think that looking at this team, my first thought was don't trade for Anthony Davis. Like, you almost want to keep these picks and say, let's hit in the draft and not go after. Cause like, let's say Kyrie leaves and then you trade for Anthony Davis. Can Anthony David, like without a really good point guard on this team, 
can Anthony Davis be the the chip to bring you back to what we saw last year? And I don't think that. And also, I look at it, and you got to look at the playoffs maybe that we overlooked last year. That first series against Milwaukee mm-hmm. was a dogfight. That went to Game 7, and they needed a thrilling Game 7 to try to pull out at the end. And plus, that wasn't the Milwaukee team we're seeing this year. It wasn't the bud Milwaukee team that is probably the best team in the East right yeah. now. Then they just completely, I'm sorry, Jake, just completely dad-dicked the 76ers and wiped through that series. And then we saw a thrilling series. I'm going to say thrilling in seven, even though um, they were up 3-2. They basically had the same situation that Rockets and Warriors were in this year without like a KD injury because LeBron's team was decimated. LeBron was going to will them and it played out what would have been the exact same if the Rockets beat the Warriors this year. Celtics won the first two. Cleveland tied it up. Then the Celtics took a 3-2 series, had to win one game against LeBron in two tries, and they couldn't even get that done. So, I mean, I almost look at it and go, was last year their time? And they didn't capitalize on that opportunity. We're now looking at the East. I know Kawhi's a question mark, but mainly I look at the Bucs. Are the Bucs going to be the team that stands with? Are they going well, to be the Warriors no. to here's, the Celtics Rockets? Here's what I'll say no. in, in that is, uh, I mean, you guys were so high on Brad Stevens before the season, so that's I, I'm still high on Brad Stevens. Well, uh, well and there's the, there's the big thing is like that's probably their best asset right now. Mm-hmm. It's Brad Stevens, and he's not going to be leaving anytime soon. Yeah. I don't think I was not that high on him before the season. I put him at two, but now after mm-hmm. these playoffs, I thought he did didn't do the best of job. Um, he's going to be definitely moving down my coaching list just a little bit. Um, and I think I, I overrated him a little bit after you know what we saw in, in last season, season postseason. Not saying that he's going to be a bad coach at all. He's he's one of the more you know better coaches, definitely top ten. In the, in the league, um, but I, I think what they need to do is just kind of focus still back on that youth, and that's what was really exciting about them before the season was the fact that Jason Tatum was going to take that next step. Jalen Brown could take that next step. They have all this young assets that they can uh, move. They have you know possibly four picks um, in this draft this year. So I think the biggest thing for them is focusing on that youth and going after it because Brad Stevens, like you said earlier, he's best when coaching younger talent, and I think you know trading away some of that young talent and you know, in Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis could just totally throw off the balance of his team and could just lead to more damage because it's not a for sure certain that Anthony Davis would resign. So I think you go away from that, and that's also going to be another distraction as well. If he comes mm-hmm. and you're just looming over whether he's going to be extended or not, that's going to be huge for them. So I think the best thing for them would be sign and trade Kyrie to wherever he wants to go. Um, if he's willing to do that for you, obviously that's not going to be a, a tough sell. But it is Danny Ainge, and he's you know done yeah. some magical work out there before. And then focusing in on this, he's focusing in on on Jason Tatum, focusing in on Jalen Brown, um, and, and focusing in on all these draft picks you have, and going after it because this is a team that could still make the playoffs without Kyrie on their team. And if you are able to possibly move up in the uh, in the draft, and obviously depending what you get from the Lakers. I mean, mm-hmm. this could be a team that could just you know retool real quickly and get back to a place that is more of a brighter future. Maybe not a great team right away, and maybe not one of the top four in the East like they were this season, but at least one of the teams that do have one of the more brighter futures. Um, let's get away from the, the Celtics, though, because clearly they had a disappointing season. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, uh, Bill Simmons, they didn't get 67 wins for you. Um, and Eric. And Eric as well. Uh, they're not going to be having the, uh, the, the the foursome of the Bruins winning the, the Cup and, and the uh, Celtics winning the the. the NBA championship, the Red Sox win the World Series, and the uh, Patriots win the Super Bowl. Um, let's move to my team. 
I have the Lakers. I think it's tough not to say them. Ricky, you had them going to the Western Conference yeah. Final. I had them beating the Nuggets in the second round, uh, preseason at least. And, and this is a team that absolutely fell on their fla- faces. Now they have fans protesting out in, in front mm-hmm. of the Staples Center. Tyron Lue's di- dismissing them as uh, as their coach. I think this was completely a disappointing season for them. And, and just looking back on the preseason, I think we should have saw this coming just a little bit. They're not as disappointing as the, the, the Celtics for sure, but we look at this roster construction and we kind of felt like it was weird moves but we always just felt like LeBron would be able to bail them out and then LeBron gets injured and he wasn't able to do so mm-hmm. I think they did have one of the more disappointing seasons the fact that the Clippers made it to the playoffs and they didn't uh that's a huge disappointment right there and the fact that LeBron didn't make the playoffs and now everyone's like well you know was the East that bad like I mean you know <laughs> they're really questioning his his final appearances and his final streak uh, and now he's not even the best player in the NBA I disagree with that um, I still think LeBron is majorly talented, and his season numbers are still Kevin fantastic. Kevin Durant's nipping at the heels. He's nipping. He's right there. He almost injured his heel so much that he's not playing. Uh, you know, he might not be playing in the West Coast Finals. I would say sooner um, Kevin Durant might be number one over okay, LeBron. Okay, but that's not the debate we're having. Yeah. Um, the Lakers were disappointing, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, so, Jake, you're really having a field day. You hate the Lakers and you hate the Celtics. Uh, yeah, I hate the Celtics way more than I hate the Lakers. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I said, like, at the beginning of the year when we had our hot take topic, I said, farthest they go is a six seed. And with all the, if you would have told me all the injuries they had, I would have probably said they struggled to make the playoffs. I don't really know. It's just, you want to talk about a mess of an organization, you get turned down by Tyron Lue. Like, I, this, this team is just, and then you, did you see the, uh, the fan base, the protest yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this team needs, this fan base and this team needs to realize they still have LeBron James. They're okay. They will be fine next year. Once you get, if you can just get everybody healthy next year, you sign. I believe Kyrie Irving is going here, and I mean this team is just—it was just the perfect mix of um, the worst situation ever this year. Everybody got hurt. I don't really think the Lonzo Ball injury made the difference, but LeBron missing 18 games—that um, was the big difference for me. And I mean, this team is just—it's a mess. The Lakers, That's, yeah, it's just a mess. And. Especially with Magic Johnson just being like, I ain't going to be here no more. Like, that's hugely disappointing. Like, that's just like... I think the way what? he said it was just the funniest thing. Oh, it's the, the best. It all made it. all um, I can think about is the Game of Zones where LeBron goes, well, at least we'll <laughs> next year. And then Magic Johnson, <laughs> he just laughs once. It's because he ain't going to be here. I think that, like, with me, it's bad when you make Cleveland look good. When you make Cleveland's front office Jeez. look good because... Hard to do. W- well, when I think of the coaching search right now... Yeah. At least Cleveland, the thing I will say about the Cleveland Cavaliers, when they fired David Blatt, and I was totally against that move, I thought Blatt was basically like a scapegoat because they weren't winning with LeBron. Um, When you make them look good to where at least the Cavs had someone right away, and of course they had to have because it was the middle of the season, when you're the Lakers and you're like, hey, we're going to fire Luke Walton because we're going to go get our guy. Oh, Monty Williams went to the Suns. Oh, shit, what do we do? Uh, Tyron Lue, here's a contract. You don't want our contract. Oh, shoot, what do we do? To where it's kind Frank of Vogel. like... And the thing Come that, on down. The thing that's interesting about that that I told... Uh, Dave heard, I don't know if you heard it, Sean, because uh, Jake was calling in at the time, but Woj had a tweet that when Phil Jackson was in New York kind of hiring coaches and he hired Jeff Hornacek, you know who was number two on that list? Frank Vogel. So immediately I kind of look at, hmm, well, there was a judge of coaching character, not, not character, but coaching 
acclimate of like Jeff Hornacek didn't work out in New York no. to where I look at that and I go, uh, this is probably not going to work out to the Lakers. The question I want to ask any of you, mm-hmm. Jake, Sean, Dave, this is what Jalen Rose said this week on Get Up, and it got me thinking. He said that he, if he was LeBron and the Lakers weren't going to bring in a coach that he liked, kind of like a Tyron Lue, yep. that LeBron should demand or ask for a trade. No. As bold. Basically, bring in my coach or you know what, trade me because I'm not wasting my time here. I disagree because he came there, he came to Los Angeles without his coach. He Mm -hmm. came to Los Angeles with the expectation of he just wanted to play for the Lakers. He wanted to be in Hollywood, both for his business, his family, and because he wanted to play for this historic franchise. And then quitting after a year would be such a bad fucking move and look. And especially if you're going to turn the Laker franchise on you already, because you haven't won them over yet, and you're just now going to up and leave them already. That's a bad fucking well, move. when you came to town they said you'll never be kobe yeah yeah that's, that's... It's, it's a horrible move both for his just brand both for his look but also like what what what, what are you going to gain from from leaving i mean are you going to go to what place are you going to go to what's a fair value immediate... for lebron james yeah i mean like what coaches are, are out there that are currently going to be <laughs> what did jake just say for philly i no no he should have came to philly last uh, okay yeah. okay he should have came back to philly so uh, you have more um, guys who can't shoot <laughs> He can shoot better than Ben Simmons. Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> you have so many playmakers on that team. Yeah. Um, I, I just I don't see a team that would go out and be able to trade for him. Like, what what yeah. value would you have for I LeBron James? And also, Anthony Davis throw a bond straight up. <laughs> no way he's playing in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, but also, like, what coach would then be a place that he would want to go to? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the only coach that he has familiarity with would be David Fisdale and then my, the Miami Heat and Eric Spolstra. So those would be the two places that I think that, you know, at least he has familiarity with those coaches. I don't know if he would want to play for them well, again. One of those teams has a great draft pick, I hear. Would you, chance. Would you be able to – are we going to get into the whole Zion for LeBron Zion then? LeBron? <laughs> no. Um, I just – I don't see that happening because I don't think mm-hmm. he's going to be able to do that. He, maybe he, he wants to, you know, be, you know, the GM and, and tear down this whole team and, and bring in the coach and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think he'll do that before actually leaving because that's just a bad look. I just – and also the thing that got me thinking this thought was um, Scott Van Pelt after um, one of the playoff games, I think it was the – um, Denver-Portland one on Thursday yeah. where he said basically this franchise hasn't won anything like in the playoffs or like a championship since the boss, like since Genie's dad died basically. Papa Boss or Papa Boss died. And it's like that's another thing where I'm like, hmm, could we put some of the blame on them too of like, huh, the sons and daughters probably aren't running this team exactly like how dad used to. Well, I mean, like, there, you, you don't learn how to be a great, you know, owner mm-hmm. through your fat. It's not like it's a blood <laughs> right that you're just like, I'm great at this. Now you're going to be great at this because mm-hmm. you're yeah. related to me. That's not how this I works. Just, well, and they one were thing around too the business. Is, they were mm-hmm. in the business, but you can't. There's a lot you can't teach. Jerry yeah. died in 2013, and it's not mm-hmm. like the Lakers were good in 2013. Like, it, it, I mean, they they were kind of handicapped because. They were going to sign Kobe no matter what. Yeah, Kobe got injured. He wasn't Kobe... running the team at that point. Like ever since he stepped down, basically, is when this whole franchise started to basically kind of but, be on but this even, downward but slope. Jerry was not going to get rid of Kobe, mm-hmm. and Kobe would have gotten injured still. You still would have had Kobe until he retired, and that was a large part why the Lakers were so bad. And then they started to get you know we still we started to see some bright futures in them with you know Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Kuzma. Uh, you know, Randall. even Randall, D'Angelo yeah. Russell, all these guys, 
and then it was just the injury to Kobe, and then obviously mm-hmm. LeBron coming. Their timeline's just been thrown off completely. And these are moves that I still think Jerry would have made because you're not going to not send the best player in the NBA in LeBron James. Um, so I, I don't know. I think just it was overall disappointing though because you do have you did have LeBron needed to make the playoffs. Uh, let's go to Ricky. Who's your most disappointing team or disappointing player? Hey, you know what? I'm going to go with a team, and their season just came to an end last night. It's the Houston Rockets, and the reason why is looking off of last year and how much we made fun of this team for their performance against the Warriors. They had a KD team basically pushed up against the wall and lost. The way this season went down is kind of, to me, a humorous season because it's like it was, I almost feel like the Houston Rockets are on a path now to becoming the next Oklahoma City Thunder to where you look at this year, it was, they're not one of the top two teams in the West. Mm-hmm. This year was a lot of James Harden, and I know a part of that was because of Chris Paul's injury and just all the injuries that this team had earlier on. But I look at it, especially in the playoffs, too. It's like they go up against the Warriors, and this is a team that was supposed to be, we are built to beat the Warriors. And I wasn't on boat with Charles when Charles was like, oh, Rockets going to win this series when KD went down. Mm-hmm. I thought that the Warrior core was not getting enough uh, respect from basically everyone who was like, oh, the Warriors are done without KD. But, like, if you are the Rockets, you have to be sitting there going, wow, have we fallen from grace. Kind of the same way in Boston a little bit of, like, huh, we were the number one seed last year and probably should have went to the finals. Now we're the fourth seed. One game away from being tied for the second seed. Yeah. Um, But still, you're the fourth seed. And... Against a KD-less Warrior team, we still couldn't get it done at home, which it's funny. KD's on the court. You beat the Warriors twice at home. KD's not on the court. You lose at home. So for me, if I'm the Rockets, this season overall has just been disappointing because yet again, you did not do the goal, the main goal that you have set out to do, and that is to dethrone the Warriors. Jake, what do you think about that with with the Rockets being disappointing? Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I mean, someone's got to change there now. I mean, it's like it's like my mom told me when I was little, you can't keep putting in the same thing and expecting a different result. So two years in a row, you lost to the Warriors. And, I mean, if they would have lost in five games to a team that had Kevin Durant still, I would have said it was probably different. But they lost at home with Steph Curry scoring zero points in the first half and him also being in foul trouble and Draymond being in foul trouble. I mean, it, the game last night was just that. – that is – where James Harden is supposed to be James Harden. I know he had 35, but he just even um, the game before he had one shot in the last last eight minutes of the game. Like that just that's unacceptable. And I mean, something's got to change. And I somebody I read somebody threw out trading Chris Paul. I don't think that's ever going to happen. He's making too much money at that point. And I think it's got to be D'Antoni. That guy's been an overrated coach for many years, and I just don't think he does that much that much at all. And I think you bring in any coach that could help that team play some sort of resemblance to defense, they could play better. I just, they just, that team, like I said, you can't keep putting in the same thing and expecting a different result. And I feel like they did that for the second straight year. I'm gonna no ju- defense, double the offense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in, and I, I disagree with uh, you both of you because I, I think that yes, they had, they choked. They, I think they flat out choked in Game Six for the but, second straight year in a row too. Okay, but yeah. if we look at this team. That wasn't the same team from last year. Mm-hmm. Yes, they choked in, in missing 27 straight threes last year, and that was a huge choke job. But that was a team that was actually, talent-wise, 
able to beat the the, the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. It's not like any of us were picking you know the Rockets to beat the Warriors pre you know KD injury or even pre uh, you know pre playoffs. I mean mm-hmm. we all sure. thought that the Warriors were going to win. So why is this disappointing? We I'm... we knew that they were going to lose, and even if it got to Game Seven, we still felt in Oracle that the Warriors were going to win. I mean let's not play uh, this off. I... Yes, they choked in Game Six, but the fact that they were here I think is more shocking. Um, I think they still had a pretty good season with the talent they they lacked. I mean Chris Paul was out for pretty much at least twenty plus games. Clint Capella was out for at least, you know, like 15-plus games. He wasn't there. James Harden really had to do the biggest carry job yeah. in, in NBA history. They started off so slow at, like, what, uh, they were, like, 12th in the Western Conference come, yep. like, mid-April, and now they're uh, mid-December, and yeah, now they're all you. the way up to uh, the fourth seed in the Western Conference. Well, I don't think it's that disappointing because you lost Ariza, you lost players on this team, and you had to rely on James Harden. The fact that they were at the mm-hmm. point that they were in was pretty miraculous. So I'm we not really disappointed by this. We could say the same thing this. about the Celtics, though. We could say the exact same thing. No one was picking Why? them to, like, no they, one was they had, them they had picking them They had Kyrie. They yeah, got him no, back. They got but, Gordon Hayward back. They had the talent there. Let, the talent didn't Sean, work out. Sean, Bill Simmons literally picked talk. them. Um, well, Ben Simmons will pick the Bill. Celtics, no matter, or Bill Simmons will pick the um, Celtics no matter who they're playing. But, like, it's true. you can almost say the same thing about the Celtics, who we said was disappointing, because they've had injuries this year. I know the Marcus Smart injury was the biggest one. Yeah, they had Kyrie, but adding him back, seemed to be a problem. Plus, to your point of like, well, no one picked the Rockets to beat the Warriors. Well, not many people that were either Buck fans or Celtics fans were going to pick the Celtics against the Bucks. People may have said, oh, they have a chance, which many people would have said about the Rockets. Oh, they have a chance to beat the Warriors. But I think of how this series went down, and maybe this is me putting myself into the shoes of a Rockets fan. Yeah, This team and Boston, same thing. Top seed, la- or top seed last year fell from grace this year, and the way the Rockets ended this season in the last series, they gave fight, they gave hope, and then when they had a better chance to win the series, completely this, fell off this and is, choked. This is how I'll show that I, I disagree with you. We all had the Celtics number one preseason mm-hmm. as the number one seed in the East. So we all yeah. thought that the Celtics had no, the but I'm saying and they didn't lose I'm saying right players. now, though. What do you like, mean? Right now, going into the playoffs— Going into the Bucks Celtics series, did you were you going to pick the Bucks or the Celtics? No, but I thought that was more of a series than Warriors Rockets was going to be, I, and I said that on this podcast. Okay, Jake, jump in. I think it was just more the whole. I think the Celtics just coming into this year, we thought that if you said the Celtics were going to be the four seed this year, I think we everybody would just call you dumb. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, I did pick the Rockets to win the series. I'm not going <laughs> to talk about it, but it was more wishful thinking than anything else. I just really want the Warriors to lose to somebody because I can then somehow think the Sixers actually have a chance to win a title. Mm-hmm. It's just, the, yeah, the Rockets are just, I don't know. I, I don't know where you go from here. You just, I mean, you have to put it. The only option is to trade Chris Paul, like, if you want to change players because they don't have the cash mm-hmm. or flexibility to do anything. Well, if you want to change your core. Who the hell is going to pay $43 million for Chris mm-hmm. Paul in the next two years each year? Like, it's just, I, I don't know. Well, they're, they're stuck in purgatory. Yeah, I and I mean, you Hello, look New York. at it, you've got... Chris, oh. Chris Paul and James Harden are locked down no. for the longest. And even like next year, like Eric, Eric Gordon's here for next year. Um, you still got PJ Tucker under contract. Um, like I know you've got Clint Capella also, but it's like the man who's guy, a unplayable. Yeah, like guys like Fareed, they're up. Do you re-sign him? You've got a ton of like Shump, Jared, uh, Gerald Green, Austin Rivers are up to where it's like. Is this team and the Rockets, and this is why I put it in most disappointed in my mind, yeah. is exactly what Jake is saying. When it comes to the core, can this core 
do what we needed to do? If not, how do we change that? Or is it just saying we need better role players, role pieces around Chris and James? Well, I, I think that Daryl Moore is going to find something to, 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 to make this work. I mean, the guy's a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think that the Rockets, this team was obviously more of a um, uh, niche team, I guess. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Um I mean, this was a team that was built off of kind of like a a joke, where it was just like, we're going to shoot as many threes as fucking possible. Gimmick. That's a gimmick team. Um, I mean, obviously, it it was pretty much to the extreme of, you know, run and gun Mm three-pointers. It was, we're going to push the tempo, we're going to shoot threes in the outside, we're going to take 50 threes a game, and we're going to be the analytic, you know, Mm -hmm. darlings and and light up this team. Um, And and obviously, I I wasn't expecting this team to bounce back, and and none of us were uh, to the point that they were last year. That's why we didn't pick James Harden to be MVP, because he was MVP because he was the number one seed in the the Western Conference, and none of us thought that the Warriors were, you know, actually worse than the Rockets last Mm -hmm. year. And that's why I don't find them to be disappointing. I find the Celtics to be disappointing because they had that core, they had that talent. We all expected them to be healthy and better, and they they just flailed. I think the Rockets, yes, they're going to have to make some changes, but they're not going to be able to move Chris Paul. Jake's exactly right. They're not going to be able to move that contract. James Harden shouldn't be going anywhere because that'd be stupid. You're not going to trade probably the back-to-back MVP (laughs) or at least, you know, what, third third straight year finishing top two? Yeah, Um, it's ridiculous. And then, you know, Clint Capella is still great, so you're not going to move him at all. And I don't, you know, maybe you could move Eric Gordon, but what kind of piece can you get from? Yeah, I mean, if anything, you look for a small forward. They've been trailing in so many guys. It's just like next man up for them from the G League. They're getting, you know, everywhere they can find them, except for they've been been just sacrificing so much of their future Mm -hmm. capital to try to get this team to work. And that's what happens when you're just pulling up next guy up. Like they couldn't even keep James Ennis on contract Mm -hmm. this year. That's why the Sixers ended up with him. Like they just. They they are so screwed from a money standpoint mm-hmm. that yeah they, there's no easy reset there's no way to soft reset this team you just have to keep playing with the guys because that's your commitment and you're gonna try again next year with a you know a small tweak here or there that's about all you can do and like Jake said it what his mom said to him is the perfect thing for it you can't just keep throwing it into this bin expecting it to work out I don't think they're gonna fire D'Antoni though I, I don't think yeah. it's, I, I think yeah, that, they won't. I think they're going to probably look to move some personnel around, mm-hmm. but it's still going to be Capella, it's still going to be Paul, it's still going to be Harden. They're going to try to do something. I mean, Del Moro is ready to throw four first-round picks at the the Timberwolves to get mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Butler, so um, he, he's yeah, definitely going to find something Should've to work done out. It. Well, the Timberwolves are the ones that the Timberwolves yeah. are the team that didn't want to do it. Tibbs um, ripped it up, man. Anyways, know, that's that's why I'm picking the Timberwolves for the most disappointing <laughs> fucking team. I didn't even have to segue. I'm so proud of you, Dave. Way <laughs> to jump in. You're welcome. Why I, I love the reading. Because this is a team that last year, with a healthy Jimmy Butler, was like number three in the West. And, I mean, they were going tough. And, yes, injuries knocked them out to the point where they just had to scrape for their lives to get back in. But you saw the end of that year, and you're like, all right, man, we're going to bring back this core next year. We're going to have money. This is going to work out great Mm -hmm. for us. And they ended up just pooping the bed, like left, right, and center. It, It was bad for this Timberwolves team. Starting with the off-season drama of Jimmy Butler requesting to get out quietly, being denied, and then it comes to the point of okay, the season's getting ready to start, and Jimmy's like, nah, it's not, it's not. Like I'm not coming back and playing with these people again. I really dislike this place. I dislike the head coach. I dislike everything about it. And to the point of you know the third stringers and the media, like there's so many great stories that came out of them just being the uh, practice, the infamous practice, the infamous practice, the <laughs> Rachel Nichols like pre-planned interview, following that up, mm-hmm. like being on hand for that. It's just it's so ridiculous how poorly this team managed talent, 
and then you're still stuck with the, the, the diabolical mess that is Andrew Wiggins' contract. You can't move it. You're screwed with a player who has no talent. Com- he has no commitment to his talent. Like, dude, you've been given all these natural gifts. And he's like, that's cool. I'm going to play Fortnite. <laughs> and it's just like, try. For fuck's sake, try. The- Carl Anthony Towns, incredibly gifted offensive player. You know what he deserves? Maybe like nine shots a night. That that feels about right, guys, right? Nine shots for your for your best player, offensive player. Like they don't you mentioned it, like four first round pick, nah I'm good. Uh we'll take a role player and another role player and Because Thibodeau don't like rookies, man. He don't play them anyway. I know. So they're useless to him. I know and it bugs me. <laughs> but it's just like oh my god, this team was so frustrating the whole year. And if it wasn't for one player mm-hmm. on their team, Derek Rose. Uh, we'll and hit it, them. And uh, is what, Dave? Bones first in the elbow. Uh, <laughs> shut up, Jake. You love it. it it's just, this team, I mean, on the back of Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson out there, mm-hmm. and Lou Aldang, you had the ghost of the Bulls. Like, come on. Yep. It's just the Timber Bulls. It, I, they needed to. They need to implode, and they need to implode quick. Like that, that's the that's the only answer in my mind because it's a team that has. You know, they were the 11th seed this year, and reasonably, that was almost surprising to me that they got that many wins even, because but I just don't I don't understand what their plan how, is going forward. How are they disappointing, though? Because you went from being, you know, 3rd seed to 8th seed to now 11th seed. You're sliding backwards, and these are coming into years of the prime contracts for mm-hmm, Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns. Those are your guys. But, but, you but none of us done. picked them to be in the playoffs I, preseason. I think take take pick out of the like take but, what but we obviously out the what, what were the expectations going into the season and i don't think I we mean, had them that high that's the point yeah like, because i'm, I'm we trying were, to say what made them disappointed we right into the jimmy butler yeah shit. yeah and, no, um, and none of us thought that this team was going to be pushing because of the whole you know drama surrounding them we also didn't trust thibs at all yeah and that's the thing that i would say dave might hit the nail on the head here and have the most disappointed team how that whole thibodeau thing played out too of like basically then where it started was not trading Jimmy, trying to keep his full control. Then, oh, wait, he's not going to have full control to eventually where, you know what, you're fired, Tom. Like, yeah. that whole situation also might have been messier than the Lakers. And that is a big thing that you like, the Lakers are yeah. messy right now, yep. but at least with Luke Walton, they didn't have to deal with what the T-Bulls had to deal with with and Tom That's, that's why you just don't give coaches that much power. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a warning. Yeah. We, we, we saw it for a couple years. It's a warning. Don't do it again. Doc is better without it. Yeah, look at Doc. That's, yeah. That's, I mean, Ricky and I went to the same place. Um, I mean, the only person that's been able to do it is Pop. Um, I think the he's one not thing. He's GM, though, right? He's like half GM. I think well, it's, it's technically RC Buford, but I think like Pop has a lot of say in player personnel. And, and who's okay, the only guy who's actually been able to do it in sports is Bill Yeah. That's really the only guy. That, that's, that's true. Um, I, I think that. I don't find them to be too disappointing. I find, like, Wiggins is probably... Like, if we had to pick a player out of mm-hmm. this whole thing, Wiggins is probably the most disappointing player from this this whole season. I think the Thunder, if we're going Western Conference teams, I think the Thunder are more disappointing than, I, the, than the T-Wolves. I almost want the Thunder, and then I realized that, you know, both their players had surgery literally the day after mm-hmm. their season ended. And I was like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. you were playing hurt for how long? I, I It was a shit season for them. They played without their best defender the entire season. Uh, in in Roberson, they had Paul George come apart at the worst possible time of the season. Obviously, Russell Westbrook's shot went bad, like for the majority of the season. I mean, it's just been bad for a while. No, it's declined year over year. Um, it's fair, but but it's just kind of like a sick person getting sicker. It's like it's not too shocking. 
point being that this was a team where I, I was so high on them. I thought, look, they're they're going to have incredible defense. They're going to be able to lock down people left and right. And because of Paul George being, you know, the anti-clutch, they, they were still going to come up and disappoint in the playoffs, which they did. So, like, that was about right on my expectations. I mean, let's be honest. Remember when they were tied for, what was it, the, what was it, the third best team in the West? Yeah. And I was like, hey, out of the three teams that are tied – the Thunder could be the team that challenged, and I was like... They got two superstars. Like, yeah, we said that, too. Looking yeah. back, I was like, we all no, agreed. no, I shouldn't have said that. No, they had two superstars. They had great defense. I mean, it just it fell off. Their three-point shooting mm-hmm. is just so damn streaky, and it left them when they needed it. And, and then Billy Donovan. Well, yeah, they've got a horrible head coach, so <laughs> that yeah, doesn't help. One thing I'm going to ask you, because looking at this, uh, you had the Pistons uh, beating the Raptors in the first round or preseason predictions. Are the, the, are the Pistons disappointing to you? No, no. They well, they, they I just the noticed down. that. Wait, what? Yeah, David <laughs> yeah. the Pistons beating the Raptors in round one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, was worry. that had to be. To- totally killed that prediction, right? <laughs> Am I right? Um, I don't even know what I was smoking that day. I don't know. You had him as a six seed, too. Yeah, you you know, I think it was, just really, it, was, it was the uh, Dwayne Casey over the former team. Oh, That's what it, it was. was a revenge game. And, and uh, you also had the Bucks at seven. Below the Pistons. Yep. Hey, man. They they, they hey, got shooting this year. I had the Wizards above the Bucks. Uh, just looking back, I thought this is kind of funny. Um, any other players or teams you guys want to throw out? I almost marked the Pelicans uh, because of the Anthony Davis just shit show that was. Because I think that they legitimately, at the end of last season, were like, hey, we can put together a great playoff team around Anthony Davis, and we'll be back next year to challenge the Warriors. And then they proceeded to do poorly in free agency in my mind. And then throughout the whole year dealing with Anthony Davis, the drama, the public media circus around Anthony Davis wanting out, saying it publicly, and then dealing yeah, no. That was bad. That was very bad. The way they ended the season poor. Did they lose value on Anthony Davis? We don't know yet. And that's the reason why I'm like I'll have to wait and see on that one specifically because they could still come out of here looking good. I Wanted to say Anthony Davis, too, because I was going to pick him for MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, he didn't play enough games to do that. He wasn't super impressive. By his choice. It, it, yeah, it, throughout those games. Um, but he still played well when he was getting actual minutes because, I mean, up until the whole news broke, so up until, like, January 18th, yep. he was still ridiculous. He was averaging pretty much 30 points, 13 boards, f- pretty much four and a half assists. <laughs> Uh, over a, a steal and a half a game, over two and a half blocks per game, 50% from the field, 33% from three, and 81% from the line. So, I mean, he yeah. was still phenomenal. I think there was just so much drama around that team where it's tough to really get a gauge on it. And that's why I was like, the Timberwolves, like, there was so much drama. I didn't expect them to be good. That's why none of us picked them for the playoffs. That's why I was kind of iffy on them. Um, where the Lakers, it's like, we've seen LeBron always surrounded by drama, yeah. and they just sucked. You know, pe- people got injured. Yeah. Somehow you know, LeBron, LeBron got just injured. made it work every single year over year over year. So I had that faith in him that, mm-hmm. like, look, you're going to drag them kicking and screaming to play off somehow. And the one thing that LeBron never has happened, or has had happen to him, is get injured for something, yeah. anything serious. LeBron. LeBron. J- uh, Jake, you got any teams or players you want to throw out there? Uh, yo, I want to touch on the Timberwolves real quick. Um, the, the worst thing about the Timberwolves mm-hmm. is the fact that they still have to take Gorgie Dang for the next two years. <laughs> it's like $38 million. And they have to pay Jeff Teague $19 million next year. That's, that, that's the worst. That organization just as a whole, they need to hit that. They need to hope they get a high lottery pick this year or next year because they're, they're just screwed in general. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll throw out a player. I think uh, Tyreek Evans 
everybody had higher expectations Ooh. coming in. They were he wasn't supposed to be like great or anything like that, but last year in Memphis, I mean, he shot the ball five attempts more last year, three two more attempts than three last year, and then he all literally everything went down this year. Everything. There was not one thing that went up, and he just I mean. I don't know. Indiana, it might have been um, the obviously the Victor Oladipo injury hurt them, but him. Wouldn't you think that opens man. an opportunity for him? Like it's like, yeah, well, oh, you get to be the star again. Yeah, yeah. He just, I mean, he was great last year, and especially at the end of the year, and we everybody had thought, oh, maybe he's back to like his rookie form because he was a, he was like he's a god his rookie year mm-hmm. in Sacramento, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, I mean, he just was disappointing. Everything went down. He only put up ten points per game. He shot the ball thirty nine percent. Like that's just he was awful, awful. I do, I do just want to say, Jake. Um, there is one stat that did not go down, um, and that was oh, his his, blo- his blocks per game. Oh, he was still at point three. So he Ooh. was still a defensive <laughs> still stalwart out there. Yep. Um, yeah, no, Rick was, great Rick was horrible. It's um, a great call. I, I I almost forgot about that because I know looked at that like mid season like oh Depot got to like oh just plug and play Rick in there. And then I looked at the stats and he's like, oh, he's, you know, a smaller bench role makes sense, but like maybe maybe it'll play up to the opportunity. No, nah, man. They they were lucky to have Sabonis, Miles Turner, and Boyan out there. Honestly, I want to ask the one question of this, Dave, Jake, Dave, and how disappointing is Reek to you? Because you were so high on him, like because you. I feel betrayed. You feel betrayed. <laughs> Um, Rick, Rick was a great call. I think he's probably the most disappointing player. Then Wiggins mm-hmm. is, is probably two to me. Uh, Ricky, you got any more? The only thing I'll throw out, and this is going off of what you have said, Sean, about our expectations for teams and them not living up to them. The Wizards, we all had them in the playoffs. I know I was the lowest and had them the eighth seed. Um, Sean actually had them winning around and taking the Celtics to seven yep. in the second round. I did that. Um, to where I know John Wall got injured, but like, how over a year, how we were talking about them being a playoff team yep. to where now we're talking about them blowing it up and trading players. So that's why I would throw them out as a disappointing team. The only reason why I'm not disappointed in them is because I kind of also expected it because why would I pick Scott Brooks? You know, fuck Scott Brooks. <laughs> um, and also the fact that John Wall did get injured. That, I think that one's, that one's huge. Um, yeah. But even before that injury, they weren't playing great. So um, Wizards can definitely be up there f- for disappointments. But Bradley Beal is not. Bradley Beal is a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, another play I'm going to throw out there, and, and maybe this is a little too harsh because um, you know he, he's dealing with a lot, but Markel Fultz, I mean, just another year of just, you know. Can, can I take this one? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> just, just another year of, like, where traded. the fuck is Markel? All right. We were talking, the first segment I was on before the season, it was expectations for the Sixers. And... I remember saying, and it still holds true until a couple of weeks later, I guess, it, the, the Sixers' improvement was going to be how good Markel Fultz was. And there's something going on because I, obviously I wanted to blindly believe as a Sixers fan whenever he was there. I was like, I didn't want to give up on him because we basically traded for, we basically traded Jason Tatum and somebody else for Markel Fultz. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's bad. And, dude, there's something going on there they're not telling us. I don't think it's all in his head. There, there is something like... I'm, I'm sorry. You don't just learn to forget how to shoot a basketball. Like, you just don't. And, I mean, I don't know. There, there's you, a lot of rumors going around. It's just I feel bad for Magic fans. I know exactly how they falsely believe right now. So you don't think it's 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 in I his think head? some of it is. Okay. I think some of it is. But, but I, I, think I think it's got to be all in his head at this point because, I, think I mean, how, how bad gonna, can his shoulder be? I mean, what we heard, he went to eight doctors just to get that uh, – 
the uh, thoracic thoracic outlet syndrome or whatever he's he's suffering from um, he, yeah. to get that diagnosis, and now he's still making uh, rehab. And this is according to Josh Robbins of the Athletic, and and there's still no timetable. Like I feel like it's got to be all in his head at this point, right? I mean, w- what are you hearing at least you know rumor wise? And obviously we're, we're disclaiming them as rumors. Obviously you know this may not be true at all. Yeah. Um, but what are you hearing that may put you in a different direction that it might be still physical? I don't know. I was heard that there's. <laughs> I'm not a big conspiracy theory person, but there was a bunch of things going around that he was in an accident or something when a couple after the summer league when he was hurt. And I don't know if that's true or anything like that, but I don't know. I I don't know. This is just, it has to be the, one of the weirdest cases in NBA history. Like this is just, I, I don't know. I don't remember hearing anything ever like this. And I mean, of course it would happen to the freaking Sixers. It's just like, I, I don't know. And we, if, if you'd have told me two years ago, we were training Markel Fultz for, a first round pick that's probably gonna be a second round pick and Jonathan Simmons. It's just like, dude, I don't know. I mean, this, this <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like, this, I, I'm just like lost. I'm so happy that we traded him for that word. He's just gone. Like, the best thing about the Sixers beating the Raptors the other day is the fact that we got to watch Jonathan Simmons in garbage time because that man always does something. He grabbed an offensive rebound and traveled without moving. I've never <laughs> seen that before. He is just gold. Like, he's so bad that it's just gold. Yeah, and obviously we don't know what Markel's suffering from. Uh, the, you know, the diagnosis is thoracic outlet syndrome, uh, or TOS uh, abbreviated. But, I mean, I think it's got to be mental at this point. I mean, like, what, what else is it? And it's just it's disappointing the fact that you know, he can't get over this, that I was so high on him as a rookie, you know, all of us were, um, as a rookie, as a prospect, and, mm-hmm. and he just has not been able to even get on the court. I mean, he's played mm-hmm. a total, not even over 30 games in his career. I mean, it's just been sad. Yeah, I mean, when we did the, and this isn't me calling him this, but, like, when we did the magic trade thing, it's eventually whether, and this is for his time with the magic, like, I would like for him to become the player, like not even the player we thought that he was going to be, but even like half of that. But I mean, the sad, the sad thing with Markel Fultz is that the longer this goes on and the longer these problems go on, the closer and closer we get to, all right, he's a bust. Like that's the closer we get to it, and I hate to see it. Well, he's a bust. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he is at this point. Like I, I started mean, to pull I, that I, word I, out he when he got traded. I would not be saying that, but he, he – I'm just, I, I hope, I, I'm hoping that he does. He comes out for the magic and just balls out. Cause oh, I mean, same. I, think, I don't, I don't have any ill wounds towards the kid. He seems like a great guy. Just, I mean, that's a kid. He's older than me. And this guy, I mean, he's just, I think he's great. I mean, I hope, I hope he does the best. I just, I don't know. It's just, I don't know what to say, but you can't really say anything until we see him, if we see him next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even then, if he doesn't fix his shot, I mean, we see what he is out there. He's, he's nothing but a bench point guard when he, you know, if his shot's never fixed, if, if he's still going to deal with that. Because, um, yeah. I mean, he, he, he can, you know, obviously dish the ball, he can play some decent defense, but I, I don't see him as a, a game record at all. Triple um, double. If he if he is that. And yes, the youngest triple double, uh, but that will clearly be broken at some point soon. Um, <laughs> shout out Seiko Nimboyo. Zion. And like, yeah, oh, yeah, Zion. Yeah. Uh, Zion game <laughs> one. The, if the motorcycle thing's true, it kind of is reminiscent of the whole Jay Williams thing. You know, obviously Jay went down a mm-hmm. bit of a worse path on his injury um, and then the recovery period with the drug addiction, but... It's still like motorcycle injury to a young, talented point guard, mm-hmm. and it's just like, you know, that one was very public. This is the polar opposite, so if it is, you know, along that rumor line. So I just wonder if it's the same, destined for the same ending. So Mark L. Fultz is going to be a basketball analyst on ESPN in the future? Could be. Okay. No. I don't know. He might be getting his head. He might get the yips. <laughs> <laughs> 
is Paul Pierce going to be ruined for saying the series is over for the Celtics and Bucks uh, after Game One? Yes. Um, anyways, I mean, oh yeah, go ahead. No, I was I was just going to say he's got to be the second least producing first. No, third. Anthony Bennett's the second least producing first overall pick, right? Yeah. yeah. Anthony Bennett's second. Marco Fultz is third. Harvey. Who's first? You said right. Greg Oden. Oh. No, oh no, it's my bias. I'm not say it, but... <laughs> what? <laughs> he didn't produce. Oh, my bias. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, he didn't produce. Um, yeah, he, he's up know. there. It's just I. Unfortunately, I, mean, I don't know. Wait, what? What? Oh, we gave away the king's pick. Okay, I couldn't remember what the second piece was in that trade. You didn't give it away. Remember, yeah. everyone protected. <laughs> Zion Williamson, two Sixers. You heard, no, you heard me say that last week, Jake. Yeah. Oh. There's a Sixers podcast they do with Lottery Party, and they're doing it this year for the last time. And if, if they get the number one pick, that place is gonna be fucking nuts. Jake, I just want to jump in. Len Bias was second overall, so he's, he can't be the number one. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to get cooked for that one. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we, we corrected you. So, so, I mean, it's got it. Well, Odin's up there. Kwame's up there. Um, Jay Williams can't be up there. Um, Markel's up there. Because Jay was, like, third overall. Um, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to go back for, for number one picks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Markel's definitely going to be up there, at least top five, for, for least producing. Number one overall picks, along with Anthony Bennett. Like Olo Candy. Yeah. Olo Candy. Jay up was there two, too. by the way. Yeah, Jay Second was overall. Okay. All right. Anyways, uh, what draft was that? 2002. So that was a Kwame draft, right? Yikes. Was it? <laughs> I'm looking that up right now. I think that was the number. I think he was the, 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 the first overall pick in that one. Because that was right before LeBron. And then. Yao Ming. I just looked up the oh, world number one pick and it just Yao said 2000, the entire draft class. <laughs> <laughs> I think 2001 then had to be Kwame because then 2004 was Dwight. Yeah, it was. Um, anyways, uh, let's, that, that's going to do it for uh, most disappointing season slash players for the 2018-2019 season. We want to thank Jake as always. If you want to have a discussion of your own, this was Jake's topic. He came up with this by himself. He's a genius. Uh, so if you want to be a genius like Jake, check out patreon.com slash podcast. Check out that gold tier and you can become a patron. And Jake, we can't wait to talk to you again after this Sixer series, um, probably next week or, or, or in the upcoming weeks because we got to either talk about what the Sixers are going to do if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Bucks, or what they're going to do have to trade after the offseason. That's probably what we're going to be talking <laughs> about. Some steak and shake like Joel Embiid. <laughs> can we get your Can we get your Game Seven prediction? Okay, I'll to say end this. It. I will say this: If Paul Pierce picks us, we lose. If Chauncey Bill <laughs> picks us, we win. All right, I'm going. I'm going. What if they both? What if What if they both pick you though? Or, or what if, you know, Paul Pierce picks you to Hellas win? Than I would guess. What's that? I, hell is frozen over if Chauncey Phillips <laughs> and Paul Pierce agree on it. I'll say this. Uh, I'll go I'll go 105-101 Raptors. <laughs> I love that you're not picking your own team. I got to pick I gotta pick the Raptors. Uh, game 7 predictions for the, uh, the Sixers-Raptors. Throw oh, them out there. Kawhi got a ball, baby. Kawhi got a ball. We the North going against the Bucks. I'm hoping Sixers win. Just to fuck with Kawhi in Toronto. Dave's always there for me, except for when he said, well, Ben Simmons, is he really that good? He can't shoot. <laughs> he can't shoot. I, I like, I like Massive Jake. I've, I've, been, I've been picking yeah. him uh, with Jake uh, in the DMs pregame, and I think I've gotten all of them wrong so far. Um, so for Jake's sake, I will say Sixers 107, Raptors 105, and Kawhi's oh, end up going fuck. to score 50 and beat him in Game 7. 
Um, I got Trailblazers winning by 40. In game no, seven. fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for uh, Jake. Uh, we're we're going to talk to him uh, again in May. Uh, Jake, thanks so much for joining us. But let's jump into the final topic. We're going to be talking about the Washington Wizards for the Hawks fans that are upset that we didn't go to you guys next because technically you guys are in line next in the order. Um, we're just waiting until after the lottery comes out because we don't know where you guys will be picking and we don't know how many picks you'll be having. That's obviously going to be huge for you guys. So we want to give you guys a for sure certain idea of what you guys would be doing uh, when you guys have one pick or two picks. Uh, so we're, we're going to wait for that until next week. Um, but right now, since it is Saturday, May 11th, we can at least take some shots at the Wizards just because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're sixth in reverse order. So they have uh, a, 73, a 37.2% chance for the top four and a 9% chance at the first overall. And we could play a little bit around there. You know, they're not going to be falling further than, what is it, 10th? He's going to go four spots. Four spots. I don't know, Sean. Don't predict where they'll go because you can't do that anymore. They they cannot be the 11th pick. I'm predicting that they will not be the 11th (laughs) through 14th pick. Because apparently Um, we can't predict things. No, we were having fun doing that, and that obviously didn't work out. Uh, But uh, (laughs) didn't work. We're just having fun, and we can't even have predictions. Like, yes, we don't know what's going to happen. It's odds. Anything can happen. Mm -hmm. But that also means you could predict what happens. People try to predict the lottery. I'm glad you're you're as salty about it as I am because when we did too old a game, that's all I was fucking bitching about. I'm like, really? Still? I don't know. It's, I was so hung up I moved on. I'm just trying to have fun. Anyways, uh, Wizards have the sixth best odds. Uh, again, 37.2% chance for the top four, 9% chance for first overall. Let's say they get the first overall. Obviously, they're going to be taking Zion Williamson. How does Zion fit with John Wall, Bradley Beal, the uh, Scott Brooks project, um, Troy Brown Jr., Thomas Bryant, Thomas Sadoransky, uh, possibly Ariza if he resigns? How does he fit in that team, Dave? Do you call me Dick? No, I, feel like, I feel like you call me Dick. I, 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 I said, uh, we are no longer Dave and Ricky. We are Dick. Yes. <laughs> it is true. Dick Ostmer. <laughs> Kill me. Kill me now. Uh, he, he fits real good. Uh, he, he's going to go. depth analysis. <laughs> he fits real good. That's what you guys come to us for, right? He fit real good. <laughs> Dick Ostmer. <laughs> Straight from the mouth of the dick <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm broke. I can't. Ricky, take this. Yeah. It's just, this is one word. I We say it every time. It's You draft Zion, does he fit? Doesn't matter. You take that square peg and you ram it through that hole, whether it's a square hole, a round hole, a triangle hole, God. you make Zion fit no matter what. So, I mean, Zion will fit really good. He's going to work with this team because he's the best player in this draft. Okay. You don't trade him either. There's no way we can keep this going. There's no way we can have Dave off screen and the fucking pounding he'll, of the desk. He'll, he'll, he'll this live. This is such a Let's garbage topic. Jesus, thanks for being professional, Dave. Um, <laughs> he's dying now. Uh, Zion would be an incredible fit, obviously. I, I feel so stupid just saying that because like, yeah. this is not what you guys are coming here for. But mm-hmm. that's the first thing we have to talk about. If he goes there, I mean, you're going to have a, a playmaking, in great this, playmaking point guard. I'm turning his mic responses. off. I'm turning his mic off. Uh, a great playmaking point guard and John Wall went healthy. Obviously a great scorer at the two, one of the best yeah. shooting guards in, in, in the league. And having Zion, I think, you know, you can just play small ball. And, and with Thomas Bryant not being mm-hmm. the biggest center out there but being really effective uh, when he was out there was huge for them. And I think giving Zion to that team just shores up what they're going to do defensively for the three and the four. Um because I, I don't know if Zion's going to be more of a three defender, if he's going to be more of a four defender, but he is going to be a defensive monster out there. And I, and I think offensively, too, 
they can play so quick with John Wall, Bradley Beal, and Zion out there that it'd be absolutely disgusting in transition. And two, they can play very fast in the half court. I mean, Zion setting picks, John Wall running around him, kicking it out to Bradley Beal. Zion does not have a motor or a motor that ends. Like he can he can keep it up and, and keep up with the pace, setting screens left and right. And him cutting the basket is going to be something that will be unstoppable. So him in the offense, if if Scott Brooks can be imaginative enough, which would be very difficult for him, um, is something that would be very intriguing for me if if mm-hmm. they do. Uh, go out and get Zion Williamson. I apologize for my unprofessional uh, nature. <laughs> sorry, uh, to start the segment, uh, but I agree with you. I think that I think Zion actually means Scott Brooks keeps his job. Like that's how big of a deal this is to this franchise. A, they're already rebuilding the front office, which is a great first step. You know, admitting you had a problem, great first step. Um, but going forward, having him there, I mean, he's a dynamic talent, and I would love to see this next year of Bradley Beal being the one and Zion working, you know, hand in hand with him. Batman Robin style, that combo is deadly. I absolutely think they're going to crush. Um, they could honestly bounce right back to the playoffs, mm-hmm. which I know weak east, whatever. But like with all the turmoil from this offseason, all the free agents out there, like anything can happen in the east this year. So I think Washington landing someone as talented as Zion Williamson instantly makes John Wall's contract more, or, or it makes it more allowable. It, you know, you can kind of swallow it a little easier because, like, look. You know, we may be stuck with that shit contract, but we've got Zion Williamson on an amazing contract for a couple mm-hmm. of years before we have to pay him a ton of money. So I, I love the idea of them getting Zion Williamson. Yeah, I mean, it'd be so fun, and I think it'd kind of revamp Washington because it's just like right now they're in this shitty place where they have John Wall under this horrible contract and Bradley Beal saying he'd die in a Wizards uniform, but everyone's like, oh, well, we're tra- you know, we want mm-hmm. him to He's leave. the only person who could get traded for anything of worth. Exactly, and and, and I think if Zion goes there, it kind of just revitalizes that, that franchise just a little bit. Also, the thing that I'm going to bring up with Zion that would really help them is this is from Bleacher Report. So, Jan Mahimi is the only big man under contract right now for the Wizards. Um, and Dwight Howard has missed all but nine games this season. Yeah, but he accepted his option. Also, no team is giving up more baskets at the rim than the Washington Wizards. Yeah. You know who fixes that? Zion Swatton Williamson, where he'll just swap balls into like that's uh, not, that's fourth not his job. That's not his nickname. That is not his nickname. Do not call him that ever again, or your mic is getting called off. We're, what did he call him? Swan. Swan. Because like, he swats. That's a, that's a he swats bad the ball. Nickname. Cut the mic off. All, up, we all just my nicknames it. are bad. Yeah, so I'm putting an end to this one. Nick- no, I'm putting an end to this one. Nicknames this one's not sticking. This one's a bad yeah, fucking it probably nickname. Probably won't stick. But it's it was not. Said. It's not. It's not. Okay. If, it, if you call him that one more time, you're out. Swatton? You're out. That's a Swatton Williamson. Bad nickname. Bad. I need a bottle of water so I can spray you like a dog. Bad nickname. Yeah, we need a cone. Uh, we need like a cone of shame off. over here. His mic's off. Yeah, I know. Um, what do you mean? Spray me like a fucking dog. Get this out of here. It's a bad thing. It's I ain't bad. no fucking dog. Get out of here. He didn't say roll a newspaper. He's not going to physically harm you. He's just going <laughs> to spray you no with fucking water. Dog. Okay. You're more like a cat. <laughs> I, I hate cats. Um, I, I don't know if Zion necessarily fix that because I'm, I'm with Dave. That's not really his job. I mean, he, he'll definitely come over and block like two. He's two a great shots help a defender, game. but yeah. that's not. Yeah, he's not gonna be able to help you. You know, when big centers back down, you know, their way into mm-hmm. the low post, like he's not a guy who can go up against that. that we're aware of. Yeah, he'll guy, just come over and just swat yeah, it away. He's a great help defender. I mean, I yeah. think that he'll help. But like as far as the percentage of buckets made around the basket. Going down, I don't know if he's going to dramatically affect that as much as having a, a, just a standard center out there who who can be seven feet tall, 
reach up real high and, and have that wingspan to cover people. I think Thomas Bryant is interesting just because he hasn't he didn't didn't get a ton of play, playing time. So like if you look at his per game, nothing really stands out with his blocks because he's not even at a block a game. But mm-hmm. if you look at his per forty, he's only playing twenty minutes a game. It's at like one and a half blocks. So like maybe that is a guy that can it's really like one boost eighth that. of a Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, one eighth of a Mitchell Robinson, but <laughs> no one's Mitchell Robinson. Um, I, I, I'd be intrigued on what they, you know, he fully does if, if they ever unleash him. Because um, if you look at his stats from pretty much the end of 2018 to the end of the year, he was averaging like a block a game. So that was going up a little bit. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think they're obviously going to add to this team. And if they get Zion, you know, they'll be able to protect the rim just a little bit more. But I think the most intriguing thing was how that offense would run because yeah. Bradley Beal is dominant offensively. John Wall went healthy as one of the best facilitators in the league. Zion's going to be a force in his own right. Thomas Bryant's really good around the rim. Uh, and, 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 and he's they, developing an outside shot, too. Yeah, So and, and really the weak spot then would be either the stretch four, if they sign Trevor Reza, that's fixed, um, or if they play Zion at the four, then it's a, a wing that could shoot, and maybe that is still Trevor Reza. Um, but I think you need to look at it a little bit more. Would have been nice to have Otto Porter still, I think, um, if that is I the mean, case. I mean, they could re-sign really Jabari, or they could re-sign Bobby. Those are, those are still options on the Bobby's table. Not play, Bobby's not playing the, the— He's the, a small ball five, I know. Yeah, and he's not—and Parker, I don't know if he's good enough to shoot shoot from the wing. Um, mm-hmm. I know he had a, a kind of a renaissance. We know he ain't from, a three. We know that much. Yeah. Solve that fucking mystery. I so, apologize for last year saying, hey, totally make it work. We'll just make it work. Mm-hmm. Nah, it didn't, didn't quite work out for us. I, I, I just, I think the fit isn't super great, at least like um, yeah. with the rest of the roster, just because you're, you're, you're it's still not going to complete the lineup. That's what I'll say. Um, but it, it makes that lineup much more intriguing when fully healthy. Completely um, agree. So I, I really like the fit that he has with the big three is what I'll say. And yeah. then you throw in Thomas Robinson as well. Or uh, Thomas Bryant, I'm sorry. Uh, Thomas Robinson's a former player for them. Um, but I think, again, it's Zion. So Zion's going to fit pretty much anywhere where he goes. Yeah. Um, so let's move into if they don't get Zion. Who's more intriguing for them, John Morant or, or R.J. Barrett? I know we've talked about R.J. before, and yes, they do have John Wall, so you're like, why would they draft John Morant? But, well, let's throw it out there. If you guys want to check him. out our takes on uh, that, you could check out our live mock lotto <laughs> lock live something. Yeah. Whatever the amazing name that Sean came out for. Because the Washington Wizards got the second overall pick in that one, so we had to have this discussion. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is a how true to John Wall do you want to be? If you are tied to John Wall, you will pass up on what I believe is a better talent mm-hmm. in. Sorry, I had a dramatic pause there and I had to swallow because I was going <laughs> to sneeze in John Morant and go for an RJ Barrett. Like that's that's the honest opinion for me is I think they they would do that. I think John Wall is still uh, a key franchise player for them and they're they're going to hold true to that contract, injuries or not. So they would go R.J. Barrett in my mind if they landed two or three. And he would still be huge for them because, again, you get a wing scorer, you get someone who's decent rebounder, good athlete. You know, yes, does he make some uh, poor shooting decisions? Mm-hmm. Yes, but they also need someone to just take shots out there. All You know, Bradley Beal can't be a one-man offense, so having R.J. Barrett there as a secondary ball handler will do them some good service. I would trade the pick. And to me, it would be a... Option one would be trading because I feel like the best fits for this team mm-hmm. are what's going to come at like four, five, or four or six. Um, is basically like if they're at six, I think they can get a guy that'd be a really good fit for them. But my options here would be trade because you'd get more capital. Who who's going to trade up? The Bulls, the Suns. Any of those two would trade up for John Morant in my mind. Okay. Um, so what are you getting back? It, are you getting a deal similar to at, if the I get Luca deal? If yeah. I get that, that's okay. the bare minimum. That's good enough for me. Okay. Um, because I'm getting a future pick. I'm get like, and I can get the guy that I want 
maybe a pick or two later than where I'm at. Mm -hmm. If I have to pick, I go John Morant because also the thing that came into my head might be a stupid thought, but I'll throw it out anyways. You basically get to see then a full year of, let's see how Ja works with Bradley Beal. If we like that better, then we can seriously try to see if anybody wants John Wall. How are you going to move the 30? Or, 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 you see how they play out. Ja's really good. Ja's a more favorable contract, but we got John Wall coming back. We'll use Ja to get more from a trade than we would have gotten for just the number two pick because teams have seen him play. Like, that could be an option. I wouldn't say I'd do that option, but you could do that option. Then third would take R.J. Barrett. My thing would be with that is, what if you do go with that situation? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to say do do that because Dave will probably die. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Do do that. I think the the one thing is just like, what if he plays really well? And you're just like, well, why would we get rid of John Morant when he's really fucking good? Mm -hmm. You just beat the the Clippers and run three guards out there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the one thing, the, the downside is that, well, I don't know if it's a downside, because it's just like, oh, you got a really great point guard. Yeah. Um, but, like, you're not helping needs, and you're not moving John Wall. Yeah. So that would be the biggest thing to me, and, and also how would they work together? Because that works, that, that, that situation works, because all three of those guys, Gordon, uh, Harden, and Paul, can shoot from the outside. Um, we don't know if John Wright's going to be a great shooter from the outside. Yeah. Um, we don't know if John Wall is ever going to be a consistent three-point shooter from the outside. So that really won't work because when you know John Morant and J- John Wall have very similar games, I don't know if that's going to pan out well. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an interesting problem to have, I guess. But uh, at the same time, I go back to where Ricky was like, well, you can always just trade John Wall then. Like, who wants that contract? Like, are you really going to get anything back for him or are you going to pay to move a contract of a former All-Star, former, you know, I mean, he was a, he was an amazing talent. Like he was one of the best point guards in the league for more than probably a handful of years, actually. Yeah. So I, I just I question the I I don't know I want to say loyalty because there's not really loyalty in basketball these days, but I question the thought process of if you're taking John Morant, your plan better be to use John Morant and mm-hmm. John Wall. Like that's that's my problem, which makes it, it makes for rough lineups. It makes for a lot of questions, and it makes for some potentially poor shooting situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go to R.J. Barrett then, because he's the other option out there if they don't go John Morant. Um, I think we've talked about it enough. It's a pretty good fit. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he gives you ball handling and, and, and possibly another ball, uh, you know, uh, uh, offense runner um, when John Wall is out. Yeah. Because he, he was a pretty good facilitator in Duke. He was playing with some great players, obviously. But that um, uh, that, it's something that you saw enough of that I think him driving to the basket and him kicking out is something that could work really well with Bradley Beal. But then you also bring up the question of Troy Brown Jr., a guy you picked 16th overall last year. Um, you know, where does he get phased? Because he's already getting phased out early on in the season, ended up playing decently um, when he got minutes at the yeah, end of the season. Yeah, phased back in at the end, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wonder, you know, I don't think Troy Brown Jr. is really going to determine whether they take R.J. Barrett or not. They're going to yeah. pick the best player available. But the question does come up, if you are second overall, are you picking the best player available? And you guys obviously have Ja over RJ RJ mm-hmm. Barrett would would the fit be help you swallow that pill at least? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's it, the problem is that you know the franchise has made the choice to give Supermax out to John Wall, and the timing of that couldn't have been worse. And just if John Wall is healthy right now, is this a discussion? No, I don't think it really is. I think it's just RJ Barrett. So I assume that John Wall will be back and healthy. And I know it's a stupid thing to say because mm-hmm. he has gotten hurt multiple times during one injury. And also, he's been injured in the past as well. I mean, he's not the uh, consistency of health when you think about it. But 
it, it's still I, I he's our guy. He's locked up for so many years at this point that I'm not going to take John Morant and, and deal with that situation as he evolves because you can see locker room cancer already has been a problem with the two alphas and mm-hmm. all of that bullshit going on there. So I'm going for the safe pick and in my mind the smart pick for their fit with RJ Barrett. See, and I am actually on the other side. This is not a would I take RJ at three? This is based off of his fit with the Washington Wizards. Yeah. I don't think RJ fits with the Wizards because really? of what you just said with the the two alphas. You've got John Wall's a ball handler. Bradley Beal can be a ball handler. So what I'm gonna have three guys that I have to decide how much time they're getting. Like, I'd rather get a guy later on mm-hmm. that would If you say DeAndre Hunter, I'm gonna slap you. <laughs> I'm gonna wait. No, I'm gonna wait. But I would rather get a guy who isn't going to need the ball in his hands and can work off the ball. That's going to be the best guy for me if I am the Washington Wizards. I need somebody who is either going to be like Zion Williamson and be able to play down low in the front court. Who needs the ball in his hands. Or I'm going to need... I don't think Zion needs the ball in his hands. Is that not how he succeeded throughout all of college this year? Zion can be a guy, though, that you pass the ball to. Yeah, because yeah, he was the best player. On, like College is different than the NBA, though. Like College, if you're the best player, you are going to have the ball in your hand. Understood. That is just how it goes. But is like it? for me, yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> but how <laughs> Sorry, it's going to be is I like the threes yeah. that we can get, the twos and threes later to where I think RJ could potentially create more problems than he solves with the Wizards. Fair enough. I, I don't know if Zion, I, I might agree with Ricky uh, for the fact that he doesn't need the ball in his hands exactly to succeed. Because I, I think he can work off ball. He doesn't, obviously not going to be a spot-up shooter or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're still going to work him in the lineup and, and setting picks and, and being around the rim. I mean, a huge thing for him is just grabbing offensive boards. He was one of the best offensive rebounders in college last yeah. year. Um, so I, I think that's going to be something that definitely plays into to, 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 uh, the factor. Um, I don't know if he's going to be huge. I mean, he had a high usage at 28.6, but also you're not going to not use him. Um, so I don't know if he necessarily needs the ball in his hands. Um, but the biggest thing that we'll, that we'll get into now is what if they don't get a top three pick? It's going to be kind of difficult to get a top three pick um, for them since they don't have one of the four best odds. Um, but they'll probably be picking possibly that fourth to that seventh range. So in that range, what player fits best for them? So outside of R.J. Barrett, outside of John Morant, outside of Zion Williamson, who is the best player they can go with? Is it a DeAndre Hunter? Is it a Jared Culver? Is it possibly a Darius Garland? Is it Dave's boy in Bull Bull? Who are you looking for at, in that four to six range? And, and does it matter like where they end up? So if like four to six, uh, in, uh, sorry, in that fourth pick, does it rule out like a certain player? Does it rule out going with ball ball? And and would you be more comfortable p- picking in a certain area, or is it you know no matter where you are four through six, if this guy is available, if X guy is available, we are going with him because he's the best player for this team. Who is that guy in your mind? Who's the best player for them to get in that four to six range? I'm I'm going ball ball. You guys know my opinion on this, and I I think he's supremely offensively gifted. I think his body is unique, and he is still someone who is growing his defensive game. His body, size, and shape. I know, Sean, you you like to you know pick on him because he is not uh, uh, dis- the the weight is not equally distributed uh, around all of his limbs. To put that, I think, in the best possible way. Uh, but same time, he, he has a sweet stroke from the outside. He can put the ball on the ground. He he is able to score from every which angle. So like, if I'm power ranking this, if I get the fourth pick, I'm taking Bowl Bowl. If I get five, I'm taking Bowl Bowl. If I get six, Bowl Bowl. But like after him, for me, it goes back to like. I wonder 
if the value of taking a risk on someone like Cam Reddish were, and the other guy would probably end up being maybe a Sekou Demboya. Like one of those two guys kind of interests me. Guys who, you know, we obviously with Cam, we haven't seen the best of him. We'd like to think he had a very disappointing run in college. But, you know, if you look back at the talent from high school and you, you understand the upside, the body shape, everything that he brings to a physical basketball player standpoint is there. And you just maybe have to pull it out a little bit with some great coaching that you don't really have. You could go with him or Seku, bit of a more of a mystery, but now he's starting to play the best basketball uh, when it really matters for him. And he could be an interesting prospect going forward. So well, I'm going upside. I'm going pure upside on my picks here at four through seven. What do you, and that's the, you know, the upside part. What about the Wizards means they should go upside? Because I don't know if they could really coach that upside. I, that's that's my thing. Mm-hmm. That's a fair fair criticism, and I, I'm not going to disagree. The fact that their coaching is is not something that I don't love. Their coach, I don't think their coaching staff is amazing. Uh, but it, it, there's a chance that they could grow uh, a top talent like this. Then absolutely swing for it because it, it, on the other side, Jarrett Culver doesn't fit on this team in my mind because a sec, he, you have another ball handler on that team. Him off ball, not not a fan of that. He worked really well with ball in his hands. So I'm passing on him for that reason alone. I look at DeAndre Hunter. Yes, he can play basketball. Yes, he can shoot from the outside, but he's boring AF. Um, yeah, but is that bad? I mean, you're, is that I, bad I don't that know if I'm... Boring, like, boring doesn't mean How much bad. better is he than Trevor Reza? Not. Why wouldn't I just re-sign Trevor Reza? Because, okay, because he's cheaper, Hunter's and he's, cheaper. you get him for five years. Bingo. Yeah. And you have options, too. Like, and, and, and one thing, too, is... With that is you might have a boring option in DeAndre Hunter, who you know is going to be a starter, right. but He's that reliable. way you can still throw out Troy Brown and let him develop because yes, he might be more he might be more of that exciting player at that prospect. Troy Brown going to lead the bench unit. That's that man's th- job. That's the thing is like he, he might be a very interesting player that you can develop, and that way you know you could have say you want to give out a different look. He's going to most likely be a three, and he'll fit it, fill in for DeAndre Hunter if you don't like that. And also, you could probably then move Hunter to the four, and and you know it gives you more looks. Like Troy Brown could be that exciting prospect that you have, the guy that you just drafted. DeAndre Hunter can give you a starter to go with the two stars that you already have. You know the one when they are healthy. To me, there's four guys I'm looking at, and these are like the if they end six to ten, these are the four guys I'm targeting. Two of which are Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. Um, the thing though, that I will say, I agree with Sean is I might lean more Deandre Hunter because of the, how much faith do you have in this coaching staff to get the most out of Cam Reddish? Although I think Cam Reddish could become in the NBA, a better pro than Deandre Hunter. Will he? We'll see. Mm -hmm. Has the potential to be Deandre Hunter to me. I think the only reason we got that comment so long ago is because there's nothing flashy about DeAndre Hunter. He's not a sexy pick. It's not something where it's like, oh my God, he's the pick that we need. He is just a reliable player. He can shoot from the outside. He plays defense. He could guard threes and fours, but he's, like you said, boring AF. But But, I don't think that's a bad thing. mm -hmm. I just think it's, hey, he's a reliable player and isn't super flashy. The other two I'm going to go with is Brandon Clark. I love him. And also, I... Although, if I'm ranking centers, yeah. I would put Ball Ball at one. Mm-hmm. I think Jackson Hayes would be a better fit. I know that there's the development thing that I mentioned that Sean brought up yeah. with Cam Reddish, but I like Jackson Hayes' defense more. And I think from their five, because of what I brought up earlier, they need more of a defensive stalwart down low. 
than someone who's going to run, shoot from the outside, and add offense. I think I like Clark more than Hayes, at least for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, Because I think he's more polished coming in, and Mm -hmm. that way you don't have to worry about development. Exactly. Um, The only difference is I I didn't have him there because I don't know if they'd go for him at 7 when Sean said 4 through 7. You said 6 through 10, though. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If I'm, for whatever reason, I'm behind. You're, when you're locked into a range like that, it's just like I'm like I've never seen Brandon Clark mocked go five or six or seven really. I think I mocked him at six before. You did because wow. if they don't get a top four pick, he's not been on my board at that point. Yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, if if they if they go to seven, eight, nine, ten, I mean like I I think ten is absolutely great for Brandon Clark. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I've been mocking him because of the Timberwolves. But I, I could see him going earlier than you know at nine or eight yep. if the Wizards do get knocked back. I think he'd be a, a very intriguing fit. It's just weird because they've got two power forwards technically as RFAs right now with Jabari and Bobby, but Brandon Clark is just such a polished player, and mm-hmm. you're right, Sean. He has no development really required, but yet he's still growing his game, which is yeah. kind of nice. Uh, last mock, I had him at six. Ricky had him at seven, and you had him at yep. seven. Wow. Um, I, I, Maybe I'm just sleeping on him. I, well, I don't think I'm sleeping on him. Someone asked no, I on Twitter, and I, no, no, I don't think it's really sleeping on him. I think we're high on him because mm-hmm. um, I think big board-wise, I don't think I have him that high. Um, I don't think he's at six. At least I can't. I can't. Yeah, think. but the five point um, you did have the wizard six going with him. So I mean, that's what that. I said. But yeah. that's a big. That's not a big board. Yeah, I'm um, looking at draft. Yeah, I, I know. I, I brought mm-hmm. that up, but it, but it, I, w- I want to bring up TJ from Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. He said, "At what point do you stop drafting for need and and, and draft on best available?" I'm, th- I'm guessing he's talking about NBA because that's what we've been covering so much yeah. on this channel. Um, and I think it's you are always going best available. Your mindsets always get to be- the best player of available. But what I said to him in response was. At least at this point, like at least with the John Morant and RJ Barrett thing, you yeah. guys are you guys think John Morant's the best player available. Yeah. But we, I think it's close in your minds. It's close for me in my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you go with you know RJ Barrett over John Morant is because he fits that team yeah. better. Mm-hmm. And and that way you don't have to make too many you know jumps and, and and moves to get rid of the players that you currently have. And you could go for it with the player that best best fits you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way you can you know go with Bradley Beal, you can go with John Wall, you don't have to worry about contracts and you can just plug and play the player. And I think that helps you know you build the team. And yes, mm-hmm. you might not be getting the all-star that is John Morant, but maybe that helps RJ Barrett's development being in a place where he has guards already that can help him out. He has perimeter shooters and he can attack the basket a little bit more. That, you know, you gotta also think that, you know, if, if the guy fits, that also will give him the best chance of developing. Um, like, look at the Luca Trey Young trade last year. Was Luca the better player? Yes. The Hawks were like, hey, we don't want him. Like, we don't need him, but he's the best player. So we're going to work a trade to get someone who we want and fits our team well, better. No, I, they traded him because they didn't. They, they had him so close and they had mm-hmm. the value of the, the next pick. If you have pick. another first round pick yeah. Yeah. on top of it, so it will be Trey Young plus whoever mm-hmm. they end up with either this, this year, year or the following yeah. year. Mm hmm. Versus just Luca, which still might be very close. Yeah, yeah. they had the prospects so close. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, the guys, which the, the I would GM say, said. I'm like kind of saying. Would you say John RJ are as close as Luca and Trey Young last year? No, because I had Luca so much ahead of Trey. No, no, no. I'm okay. saying like <laughs> the way we have John RJ now is how close the Hawks had I don't know. Young and Luca. I mean, it differs from every single team. I mean, we're, we're talking right now that it is close. The Wizards might think John Morant's you know the best mm-hmm. prospect in this whole draft. We don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, they have a new GM too since they got rid of Ernie. Um, I I think that at least with this, and this kind of fits the the whole Brandon Clark thing is. I'm looking at DeAndre Hunter, and I think him and Brandon Clark are very similar. Where it might not be the sexiest pick, and they might not have that high upside like a Cam Reddish, 
but you also have to balance out that floor and, and ceiling thing. And, and if I'm looking at the Wizards, I kind of want a higher floor than I do a higher ceiling, mm-hmm. um, which you might be wondering, like, well, why? I mean, that's obviously kind of stupid. You want the player that's going to be an all-star rather than not, or has at least all-star potential. But I think you already have two stars on that team in John Wall when he's healthy and Bradley Beal when he's healthy. And Brandon Clark, while he might not have that all-star potential on himself, if he is playing with those guys, he is playing with guys who can give him the ball down low, and he's playing in a high-tempo area where he can also block shots, I think that might help him become an all-star, maybe not because of his own talent, but because of his fitness system. And I think that is is something that plays into a factor. So, yes, Brandon Clark's not the best player on the board, but fit does matter a lot when it when you're talking about these teams. And, you know, if we're saying guys to, you know, build up a franchise, Brandon yeah. Clark's not going to the top 10. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about, you know, fitting into a franchise and then how that player would play up, it obviously is going to differ. I mean, you, you, I think that's the biggest thing with, with, with this whole thing. So if I'm the Hawks in that 4-6 to six range, or that 4-7 to seven range, I think Bobo is a factor, I think Hunter's a factor, and I think Clark's a factor. Those are the guys that I'm looking at. Because mm-hmm. I want to I fill those fits. Yeah. Because I think if I'm putting those guys against you know veteran all-stars, that's going to give them the best shot. Because I think Cam Reddish, I, I don't know if he's good enough to take a risk on. Mm-hmm. I think it's too similar to Troy Brown. I think Culver's not good enough, good of an outside shooter, shooter, and big enough to play the three, mm-hmm. or at least quick enough to play the three. And, and yes, he's work. He works very hard, and the fact that he made that much progress as a freshman to a sophomore is something that is huge, and, and that's going to help obviously development. And if we don't think the coaching staff's good enough to develop these players on their own, him putting his own work in would be huge. Um, but I think Brandon Clark's a natural fit at their four um, next to Thomas Bryant, and those two offensively would be extremely fun to watch. Um, DeAndre Hunter already is a very mature three-four that could fit very well with those those two players, right. and then Cam Reddish. Or, uh, sorry, and then uh, Bobo. His ceiling's so high that if you give him guards that can get him the ball, mm-hmm. I think that would be so much to his his development. And also, he wouldn't have to play the five; he could play the four. Yeah, no, I I, I absolutely adore the fit of a Brandon Clark on this team. I think it'd be a ton of fun. Um, I don't know, it just. There, there's something about me that ever since like earlier in the season it's just DeAndre Hunter just does not resonate well with me because I look around the league and I'm like I mean you can get a lot of you know okay guys to play the three the four the wing for you like I feel like the Wizards team you know should try to build or it has been kind of along the similar path as the Blazers where you've got supremely talented guards and you just basically need guys Alfred Camino, Mo Harkless are great you know defenders they're not shot craters. They're not guys who can go out there and get it done. So themselves. they need a big from Gonzaga. So they can go Zach get Zach Collins and Brandon Clark. So they can go get their big from Gonzaga <laughs> and Brandon Clark, pair it up and get shit done. <laughs> I, I mean, it's I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm seeing shit that's not there. But I just think that as far as their build path, that that line of logic isn't terrible. No, I like it. I like it. I. Think then, let's say, worst case scenario, they stay that 6 to 10 range. Mm-hmm. Let's say Bull Bull's off the board for you. Who's the best fit in this range for you, you think? I would, Clark? I would say DeAndre Hunter. Okay, That's let's say Hunter's off the board for you. We'll say Clark's off the board for me. So mm-hmm. those three players are off the board. Yep. Bull Hunter, and Clark. Who is then next mm-hmm. up for you? Brandon so let's Clark. say, so let's say. No, he said. Do you listen? Those three are off John the board. John Morant, Zion, yeah. RJ, Brandon Clark, Hunter, and Bull Bull off the board. Oh, so it's not Who's like next up. So all three of those yes. are gone. Yes. Okay. Yes. I thought yep. it was like just ball balls gone for Dave. No, no. Um let's see. Who was yours again? 
Was yours Brandon Clark? Brandon Clark off the board. Mm-hmm. Ball, ball, ball off DeAndre the board. DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter off the board. The top three Ooh. off the board. I would, I would have a debate in my head of either going Cam Reddish or Jackson Hayes, um, because both of them at that point, it's like, well, I'm not getting out of here without getting somebody that I think is either going to be, basically, going to be a little bit of a project. I would maybe lean towards Jackson Hayes over Cam Reddish. Because at that point, I would want defense from my big down low because of our basically being totally weak at that last year. But I would basically be going down to the wire. Do I take Hayes or Reddish before choosing Jackson Hayes? All right. What do you think? I'll throw a pick at, like, Seiko. I'll take a wild card. I mean, he could be a three of the future. He could be a four of the future. Uh, All I know right now is he is long. He is agile for his size. He has a decent shot that works right now, and there's there's a lot of upside for a young kid. I like the size. I just I, th- I think that I'm taking a stab at talent. Yeah, I think it's probably Cam or or, or Seiko at that point because yep. there's not really a guy that screams to me like uh, he's going to be able to be plug and play and, and be great. Maybe Culver. I mean, Culver's technically still available on the board. I don't think he would be at this point. I don't like mm-hmm. him on um, fit. I don't like him. Why don't on you pure like him fit? Wise? Just he needs the ball in his hands. You think he's the best player available? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he would be my best player available. You think he needs the ball in his hands to create? Yeah, I just okay. I fear the I fear with John Wall healthy, Bradley Beal healthy, and him out there, like there's just too much. Uh, there, there's not enough ball to go around. Then you add in Troy Brown, who I know you wouldn't be in the same starting lineup, but yeah. like another guy who needs the ball in his hands to create. So I, I just I would look for somebody who is less less dependent. And the problem is, like, when you look for fours outside of Brandon Clark, you go all the way back down to, you know, a P.J. Washington. Um, it's That seems a bit early in my mind to go for P.J. Washington. So I'm taking a stab at, you know, one of the one of the higher-end developmental projects. I think Sekou is definitely an interesting fit there. I think Cam is as well. Yeah. If we put those two guys next to each other, what's the positives for Cam? What's the negatives for Sekou? What's the positives for Sekou? What's the negatives for Cam? I mean, wh- wh- yeah. why why are you leaning Sekou? And, and I think you said you're leaning Cam, right? Yeah. I mean, the big thing for me with Sekou is, and it's not it's not like because, oh, he's international, this is why, but I just, I feel like there's more development that needs to happen with Seku and more question marks to where at least with Cam Reddish, I would know what is my floor going to be from him on this team. With Seku, it's I feel like that is giving this coaching staff too much wet clay okay. to mold into something. That they just can't do it. Like I'm with you. I don't trust this coaching staff but, to get the most out of Seku. But but why? Do you, I mean, I, I'm not high on Cam's mm-hmm. like playability automatically. So why do why do you think Cam's going to be an easier fit? I just I feel like you're just think, thinking one of the, the worst the, shooters. The trans, you're thinking that the transition from overseas into American basketball would be too much to overcome. And at least with Cam doesn't have to do that. With that coaching staff, yes. Okay. Yeah. Whereas Cam Reddish doesn't have to deal with that. And basically, I think it's going to be when Cam Reddish gets over. Most of it is Markel Fultz like it was all in his head, and that it was the fit in Duke wasn't exactly what we and he thought it was going to be. And I think Cam Reddish is going to be a better player at the next level than what we saw at the end of the year. At Do you Duke. think his role is would be vastly different on the Wizards than it would be at Duke with John Wall and Bradley Beal? I mean, and that's the that's the question because it's the same. <laughs> if it is, it's the same issue than we that's... thought before of. 
oh, I need the ball in my hands more. Well, kid, you're not going to get the ball in your hands more. You're not good enough. Um, yeah. But the good thing is this next year is that John Wall won't be playing. Yep. So maybe that's like, oh, okay, that was part of the reason. Um, but if I'm picking between the two, that's why I would go Cam over Seku. Okay. Mm. It's, a, it's a tough question for me because I, I don't like him. Mm. I like Seku more than Cam. Yeah. Yeah, but in we terms also think of the Seku Wizards, is fairly uh, much closer to NBA ready than I do as well. I think you you're in that mindset, right? Mm-hmm. More of a plug and play rather than a. Uh, I, I mean, build up. I, I think he's probably on the same level as Cam. It's I, I don't think I don't think there's too much of a drastic difference. I think people are are, are kind of over, too over worried about Seku's playability already. Mm. Um, like. What are you gonna pick? T- pick this guy top ten and not play him like twenty minutes a game? Like what? What the fuck are you gonna do? Yeah, like play him. Like what? What's the worst that's gonna happen? <laughs> like he's not that bad. No, like, I, he, I agree. He's he's quick enough. So like he might make some mental mistakes, but you gotta learn. And he's so young. So yeah. like let he him is, learn. He let him make mistakes. He's a full year younger than Cam Reddish. Yeah, I I think Culver would probably be the pick for me though. Um, I think he's just too ready uh, already for these guys. And and yes, the the ability of playing off ball is gonna come in there. Um. But he's he's going to be around so many guys that are good already. He's going to be playing next to John Wall. He's going to be playing next to Bradley Beal. And I think, well, obviously when John Wall's healthy, but right yep. away he's going to be playing next to Bradley Beal. And I think he'll be able to bring defense already to that team. And I don't think he's a drastic – like, I think when he's open, he can make a three. Yeah. It's just creating him for himself to make a three. Um, or, or trying to go around a pick and, and make a three. I don't think he's a great spot-up shooter. Or, uh, 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 he's a great, um, you know, off-dribble shooter. Um I, I worry about that part of him, and I think if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, which he probably won't with Bradley Beal um, on the team and, and and being such a dominant force and being such a great scorer, and, and he was a pretty good uh, facilitator you know, as well. Facilitator, yeah. um, Saturansky too. Um, I think there'll be enough on there for Culver to succeed. I just think I think Col- I think Reddish is too much of a of a chance, and I don't know. It's if a I big love, gamble. I don't know if I love Seku's fit there. Yeah, I think Hunter's defense, or not Hunter, um, Culver. Culver's defense, like almost warrants picking him, even with the concerns about the offensive fit, because maybe you just have enough sets in your offense where the ball is going to run through Culver for these sets, and that's fine. That he'll have those wrinkles in the offense to where he'll get to touch the ball enough where he should be able to succeed uh, in that Wizards offense. Uh, but yeah, the, I think a lot for that kind of, in my mind goes back to like, where's he measuring at? G- give us a couple weeks to the, uh, combine. And if he measures in at a legit, like six, seven, uh, two Oh five to, you know, if, if he can put on a little weight, a little size, that'd be nice. I think that would make me a little happier to understand that. Yeah. He can be a three and he can guard legit threes in the NBA with his size. Yeah. I mean, Cause he's got just great defensive talent. We think he's like six eleven. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much from everything you've heard. If you watch, you know, we'll figure it out after, after the combine. Watched, he's bro. probably going to come in at, he's not six, what five is they have him listed six, four, um, probably coming in at like six, seven, six, eight, um, with a super long wingspan. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think he's going to be able to guard threes in the NBA. So, uh, I think those are the best fits. Uh, Zion, obviously, at one. Um, they might think about taking Ja at two if they get that pick, but um, we think RJ fits better there. Yeah. Um, we all like um, DeAndre Hunter, uh, Bulbul, and Clark for them in some different ways, obviously, at different different variables. And then if they're, you know, get worst-case scenario, they're not able to move up for themselves um, or they even fall, unfortunately. Um, we're, we're looking at, you know, a project in Cam Reddish, Seku, um, or they go with the best player available, at least out of the weird board that we created in Jared Culver. <laughs> but Jared Culver is most likely not going to be available at six. Yeah, maybe if teams don't Do like him, that, but he might he might fall. This is weird for me to say now. Is Jared Culver's game that much different than RJ Barrett's to the fact that like 
RJ's got the I think the higher upside. We can all agree, but well, RJ's a better athlete. Yeah, but it's like Jerry Culver plays defense. Yeah, but I, mean, I think R- RJ has the ability to. Um, like we were all good with taking RJ at two, but now I'm questioning taking you know Jarrett at six or seven, wherever with that weird board that we created. Now I'm, it just kind of came back to me. I was like, I mean, the gap between them, I get it. Like RJ is much better offensively. Yeah. Um. And I think RJ still has potential defensively. Okay. I mean, he's still athletic and has. I mean, it's just really the question of Wiggins. Does he want to put the work in? That's he's so much like Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Um, I mean, not exactly play style wise, but I just there's so many so many similarities from them. Mm-hmm. Their size, their gameplay uh, of them driving. Um, I don't know if they're most consistent shooters, and and that was a big problem with Wiggins. They're both from Canada, for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> I, and Wiggins was the number one prospect going into into the, his college season. So was R.J. Barrett. Yeah. Um, so that's a bit. I, I think that they're so similar. It's just like, can R.J. take a different path uh, than his Canadian, his fellow Canadian? Um, anyways, final thoughts. Got any? We wrapped it up pretty well. My think? biggest one is them fall. If they fell to ten, yeah, wouldn't be the end of the world because they can probably get Brandon Clark. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're a safe bet throughout this. Like, they're going to get somebody who, who can help them year one, I feel. Even, even if at worst-case scenario, they get J- Jackson Hayes, I don't think it'd be the end of the world. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that's going to do it for the Wizards talk. Let us know what you think down in the comments below, because you look at Thomas Bryant, he's great offensively. Jackson Hayes is going to be great defensively. So uh, you at least have those two guys that can work uh, next to each other. But let us know your thoughts uh, of the best fits for the Wizards for each spot, you know, number one, number two, three, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments below. Again, don't forget that we're going to be doing our live lotto on 5-14, uh, the day of the lottery, starting at 7 p.m. Uh, then on 5-15, the MVP podcast with Rick and, uh, with Rick and Dave come out uh, on our YouTube channel. And also, we want to thank Jake for joining us. And if you want to be like Jake, check out patreon.com slash podcast. That's going to do it for Dave Oster, for Ricky Wimmer. I'm Sean Anderson. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.